Metalka. Hey, he behaves. Whoa. Sound, sound like Adele? I watched some of her uh, singing special the other day. How was it? Actually, I didn't. I just got tweeted in my timeline, and some you know female reporter or something I follow on Twitter retweeted this like, "This is life." So I'm like, "I'll check it out." Just her on a couch, just singing, and you know she's just so emotional and just so her voice is perfect. But it's just you know, but then she can get low and then she can get high. Yep. She's uh, uh, what? she's got a good voice. She does. I, I know that's not what you wanted to start the show with. I'll give you the floor if you want. I, you said to me before we started, I really want to talk about. NL Manager of the Year, Gabe Kapler, finally getting his flowers. So, if you want to weigh in on that, you, go ahead. You had some prepared. You had some prepared. You had a prepared statement here. Yeah, I mean, he, he just you win 107 <laughs> games. You know, you get NL Manager. Now you could have made a case for some other guys, but uh, yeah, I'll give him his flowers. I do uh, think it's weird. I do legitimately when the executive of the year and the coach of the year come from the same place is always kind of odd to me. You know, especially in a sport where the executive does everything. But you know, listen. Yeah, you know, some no, no, a manager I, has to win it. So. He did yeah, a brilliant would, effort. Can he keep it up without Buster? We'll see. You know, time will tell. I I would doubt it, but listen, I I just sound like a hater. Uh, if you which were, I am. If you were Buster, would you have rather been on the Dodgers or the Giants this year? Like the Dodgers didn't. The Giants won the division, but the Dodgers went one round deeper. Uh that's a good question. I mean, you'd rather be a Giant than a Dodger. That's the way I would yeah. think about it. Yeah, yeah, right. And, and but, he but, was hitting home and he was hitting home runs in the NL. The DS, so it's like it's like not my fault. No, I mean my ultimate point is you'd rather be the team that won the division if the other team didn't go to the World Series. And since yeah. they didn't go to the World Series, winning the division is a thing that you remember, that people remember, right? Uh, that you have you 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 take pride in that for the you, winning a division in baseball is hard. Like all those Braves teams of the '90s, like we won all these divisions. One one thing I will give him his flowers on. Listen, I'm not, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to be like Skip Bayless if he keeps winning and just keep calling him a clown. Like, clearly, maybe Farhan knew what he was doing. But it's just one year. One, we've seen a lot of managers have some big years. We'll see if – can you sustain it? You know, time will tell. In the Bay Area, there, there's a reason most of us, right, unlike Southern California, get pasty white, especially you lived in the city. It's not like the sun comes out that often. He, he got tanner as the year went on. Now, I, if I had to guess – and I always thought this with Trump and just some other guys that are who's another really dark like uh there's another guy that I I can't think of his name off the top of my head that's just always super dark. It's like, do they go to the booth like every other day or is it fake tanning? I don't the know. The recording booth? You, uh no, the yeah. The, the 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 Max Muscle, you know. How did you stay tan when you lived in Philadelphia? Dark, I'd go to the booth. There. I'd go to the booth. I went to the booth. Because yeah. when you get paste, you just get I get so pale. And it's just but then, you know, Girls will tell you, because they they probably do it more consistently than most guys, is that it's really bad for your skin. Spray tan. But when you spray tan, you got to be, your fingers all get, it's kind of, and then you can't lay in your if bed you're for hairy, a while. It's, you, how do you handle that? And you know? you kind of smell, you can't shower, you know, for like 12 hours. It's it's kind of a process. Uh, would you would you assume that Gabe Kapler fake tans? Yes. In a booth? How else do you do it? The, I mean, the spray. Oh, yeah, I think it's got to be, it's a pretty even, it doesn't look like a spray to me. I've been, I've been to enough weddings where people are wearing, where women are wearing sleeveless shirts that you can, you can, you know, yeah. pick up on the spray. It's like, oh, why, why is everyone's 
armpit so white? It's like, oh, well, you, you know, you got the spread. Not only did he win L- NL Manager of the Year guy, he got an extension. So it's like he's uh, he's here to stay for a little bit. Well, baseball coaches only make like 500K now, John, so it's easy to extend them. I mean, it's one of the few things that still gives me gives me joy. The other thing, at least, is the Lakers losing. It, it oh, gives boy. me true guy. I, I Sports, I kind of have to gamble or it has to impact what we talk about. If it doesn't, I'm just I'm more indifferent as I get older. I found myself yesterday eating dinner, smiling, no money on it. Like, this is fucking awesome. Just watching them. I know. They stink. I know. I mean, it's fun. That brings me joy. I was watching. I told you this earlier. I watched the um, Kevin Garnett show on, I think it was on Showtime. It's like an hour and a half. A lot yeah. of him and Snoop just talking. And then they like goes through his career. And uh, one of the clips is when they finally, when when he, you know, he's over like seven he loses in the first round, like seven okay. straight years in Minnesota. Plays the Kings, right? He actually went. Yeah, well, that's the first time he wins. Remember, Weber misses the corner three. I'll remember that game like it was yesterday forever. Did, did, didn't he have like 42, 20, and 10 in that he game? It was incredible. <laughs> then he goes to Boston. Boston was terrible. Anyway, they Boston wins the East, and Doc tells them, we didn't come here for the silver ball. We came here for the gold ball. Don't anybody touch the silver ball. So, which is the Eastern, whatever, whoever's that's named, named after. And they start chanting, like Paul Pierce, the Celtics, the Boston Celtics in the locker room after the game, they start chanting, beat LA, beat LA, beat LA, beat LA. So like, can you imagine if a team did that right now? The level of just swagger you'd have to have as a group of players, Paul did, Pierce did and Ray Allen and KG. They're about to play Kobe and Shaq. They, they chanted, beat LA. <laughs> Did they tell the story in that uh, deal where like they they put like ten thousand dollars in the Staples Center in the in the visiting locker room? They said we're only getting our money back when we come back and play them in the NBA Finals. If I'm they pretty sure that's a, if uh, does that sound familiar? I did, yeah, it does sound like in the ceiling maybe. Might have done it against the Heat, but I I guess the Heat wouldn't have existed yet. So it, yeah, I think it was the Lakers. But now more I think about it, it's a pretty risky the heat, move. Yeah, the Heat existed. Well, I meant they didn't exist with LeBron and stuff like in oh, 08. Oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Ray Allen. Yeah, a couple years yeah, ago. Risky move, but what is 10K really to you? The best story in the thing that I told you is, is the story of Kevin Garnett beating Big Baby Davis in an arm wrestling competition on the plane, ripping off his shirt, pounding his chest and screaming, I'm the silverback up in this bitch. <laughs> I, didn't watch, I didn't watch this. He swears a lot, doesn't he? Swears, I mean, yes. Yeah. A ton. He's a swearer. So... Very, you know, he's they do a good job of displaying just how tall and skinny he is. He's humongous, yeah. obviously. He big. He big. But um first high school uh, guy, right? Once they redid the rule, was he the first? His class? Uh, might have been. I mean, he he got his extension, his $126 million extension. He was 21. I mean, he was definitely a high school guy. I don't yeah. know if he was the first. Uh Andrew on the YouTube stream says, uh, what kind of zip up is that, Middlecoff? Are they John Boys? Is that what they're called? Huh? You know the the remember the kind we got John Boy. Oh, like the brand the, no, the it's Johnny's uh, Johnny J- Johnny O Johnny O Johnny O Johnny O. Yeah. It's Johnny O. Good you brand. Olympic. We played Olympic. there. I didn't wear mine today. Johnny O. Yeah, solid brand. Uh, they you know it's hard to find something that fits you well. It's what last year during the NCAA tournament, actually the whole year, Mick Cronin and the UCLA staff. Remember UCLA had been Under Armour, then Under Armour bit, quit them. Pandemic, they got Jordan financially impacted. Stock was down. Yeah, talk about selling at the wrong time. UCLA basketball. They get they go Jordan brand, but the deal doesn't start until like after the tournament. 
So they were all wearing, it must have just been like, you know, the somebody ordered it for them, UCLA logo on it. They were all wearing Johnny O. If you go look at any UCLA stuff from last year, that's what they're all wearing, which is the, which is funny because the logo is like a guy holding a surfboard, which is just a funny logo to see on a basketball court, you know? Yeah. Tony Kornheiser just, wears Johnny O, says Alex. Yeah, honestly, or it's Ali. really comfortable. The one thing I did find, I'm not a hater of Johnny O, but I uh, my other color, they're both larges. Dramatically different sizes. This one fits perfectly. The other one's a little oh. big. I might have to get hammed, but it's not. You know, you gonna you gonna get hammed? Hammed, yeah, hammed, hammed, hammed. Uh, Zach Lambright says, "Hey, ham, let me get a shout out for using my real name on the internet." Zach, don't call me Jack. I was a Jack. I've been hemming a lot of sleeves lately. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, you keep, keep it. My out guy of the... in business down here at the little corner store. Was it a dry cleaner? Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's, it's a corner dry cleaner. You know, it's one of those. Yeah. Nice guy. Uh, John, this podcast, this show, as we record this on a Thursday, let's remind you, by the way, John's got the Tito's bottle already. We should say, don't forget to get in the ham mailbag. Go to iTunes. We didn't remind people in the last one. Go to iTunes. Leave us a review. Five stars. You you give us like a jokey four star and it starts knocking us down and it's not, we're not laughing. Give us five even if you, you know, have some shit to talk. Talk the shit. We'll read it. Don't worry. Uh, Tell us your favorite bar. Leave us a question. Go do it. It helps out the show. We appreciate it. All right. Now you can Show off that yep. bottle, John. Uh, sponsored by Tito's, number one vodka in America. And the weekend, really, depending on who you are, maybe it's already here. Uh, Ladies and big, gentlemen, the weekend. Well, well, next week, you know, we got holiday week, so I, mean, I bet half our listeners aren't going to do a damn thing at work all week. You know, basically a seven-day uh, seven vacation, which then Christmas or Hanukkah is right around the corner. I mean, this is just time to hang out. And uh, when you're hanging out, starting this weekend, to then even definitely going to Turkey Day. I would like some pictures on Thanksgiving with the meal, the stuffing around, and the bottle of Tito's. If you, any of you doing that, take pictures. Link us in uh, any tweets, anything on Instagram. It's the number one vodka in America. I cannot hammer that home enough. Number one vodka in America. I'm going to go with a... I might have a vodka lemonade or uh, John Daly tonight, actually. I haven't, Ooh, hadn't had do a you have iced tea week. and lemonade on hand? Yeah, I, have, I get the go to Safeway... And uh, I get the you know the the pre made Arnold Palmer the the light yeah. like the zero yeah yeah you don't still need pretty full sugar one you, well you don't because that one's still pretty powerful it's still got plenty of sweetness in it oh, it's probably just got like ahead. an artificial sweetener which is which is fine honestly uh, but, for most people if I put a little vodka in there you would not even be able to tell with the zero let alone the real one yeah which is dangerous <laughs> yeah it is very dangerous yeah. that's why I just <laughs> go down a little too be responsible be responsible. Yeah. Tito's is awesome. Uh, you guys know it. It makes a great gift, by the way, for the holidays. Who wouldn't love that? It's the number one vodka for a reason. It's Tito's is not about that hype. Tito's is not about that bullshit. Tito's is about quality, first and foremost. A quality that Tito himself has been honing in on since 1995 when he started his own distillery. It's six times distilled in copper pots, not columns. It's distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. It's 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof, crafted to be savored responsibly yeah when you're out and about you know make sure you know when you're on premise it's also called bars and restaurants uh order tito's you know even if the other menu you might on the front of the menu have another you know say i know i want tito's in there i want that cocktail but tito's that's right and they'll, and they'll start be going wait what? what but we we have this other one on the menu like no no no, 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 no. Tito's. tito's i'm not about that i'm not gonna just take what you put in front of me give me the good nope. shit don't let them dictate the terms. That's right. That's what, um, who's the defensive coordinator for the Steelers? Legendary. 
Uh, LeBeau. That's what Dick LeBeau would say. We dictate the terms. You be the Dick LeBeau at the bar. I loved it when he went into the Hall of Fame and like they were showing clips from like the 50s. He was like a star corner on the Lions. I'm like, Dick LeBeau played in the NFL? I just assumed he was the old guy like Monty Kiffin just coaching defense. But back well before we were ever a thought in anyone's mind, Dick LeBeau was making tackles in, like the, against Lombardi's teams. You know? I had no idea. <laughs> Neither did I. Uh, podcast also brought to you by the great Mexican delicious eats that you get at oh. Puesto, John. Puesto, oh, Puesto. We cannot say this enough. Puesto, Puesto, Puesto. You say what you want about the Jaguars. Say what you want about the Jags. The worst part about the Jags is they don't have a Puesto in their stadium. That's the worst thing they got going for them. Think about that. Yep. Well, if you're listening to this, and next week the Minnesota Vikings are in town, the Niners do have Puesto in the stadium. Section 110, Section 129. If you live in the East Bay or just Northern California in general, there are two, right? If you're in more north, there's one in Concord. More south, they call it the South Bay, which throws me off a little bit. When I think South Bay, I think like ocean, but it's really inland, Palo Alto, Santa Clara, mm-hmm. San Jose. There's one in Santa Clara, really right by the stadium, right down the street, guy. So we got Puestos up here. If you live in South Bay, when I say South Bay, I think Southern California. There's ton down there. Just Google them. La Jolla is where it started. No big deal. Uh, entrepreneurs now feeding everyone tacos that are bomb. Yeah, it's uh, it's fantastic. You and I have been there. We love it. Everybody that goes tells us they love it. Um, seven locations in L.A. and the San Diego area. They got one in Petco Park. I don't know if there's a Top Golf situation going on at Petco right now, but um, you can you find Mel- them. You got Melvin's number still. I do. I should. I'll text Bo yeah. Mel and tell him to get some. Uh, yeah. I've been. I yeah. kind of been chilling on him. I didn't want to hit him up too soon after he left, John. And why would you do this, Joe? Bob? Why? Why? And then Bob would be like, "Here's why." I'd be like, "I know why." All right, you don't have to yeah. tell me why. Taco Tuesday every Tuesday, by the way, starts at three, goes until close. That's half off all tacos at Puesto plus happy hour Monday through Friday from three to five. The Puesto happy hour, which includes the nine dollar. Puesto Perfect Margaritas. By the way, taco recommendation from your boy. I'm a big fan of the Quesabiria taco, which is the crispy melted cheese and the braised short rib, but you really, you can't go wrong. You, no. you cannot. We sampled, not sampled, we ate. They were the full-size, big-ass tacos. We ate them all, and they were fantastic. We ate them. We ate them. So go enjoy Puesto, and uh, you know we've been getting some of your photos of Puesto as well, so feel free to share that. We, we definitely love it. Good, uh, Just a good family-owned Mexican restaurant that is on another level. The Adler brothers are knocking it out of the park, and uh, we appreciate their support. For shizzle. Uh, Harrowing Wisdom on YouTube says, what's the ham lock? You know, oh, now you want to know, because we've won nine in a row. 14, if you count, I guess it's 13. If you count the 14 parlay that we hit several weeks back, it's 13. What if we picked every NFL game and hit it? Put a, As a parlay? $100 parlay it probably would pay like you know who knows a million dollars i mean it'd be outrageous which is impossible i think i've, I've read an article before like just st- st- the statistical possibility it might be a little different right on a bi-week slate but like when every team is playing all 30 so 16 games with the spread would be i mean it'd be borderline impossible just to pick them just like the winner yeah or loser, i almost said we should do it next week when we have some time to prep but we probably shouldn't prep for it right well, to me, you approach it like, you know, the lady in your office pool for NCAA that always wins when the guy that's been watching all the games finished last and she just picks based on the mascots. Right. Like, and I think a huge part of gambling 
is now we're definitely closer than just some random person, but you watch these shows, you know, and our buddy Fortinbaugh's on one, like they do all this prep and they hit like, if they're good, most of them don't like 52% of the time. Like it's not someone DM me the other day. They're like, why are all these people putting all this money into these shows when the hit rate it's not like the, you, you watch CNBC and these stock analysts like, I've made $100 million in investing. These guys aren't making any money on gambling. You well, know? It's, you know, it's it, the key is, hey, I'm not telling you to do this. I'm just telling you why I'm doing it, and then it's up to you if you want to do this. This is not financial advice, right? You think a lot of people on TV that are talking gambling right now actually gamble? Like, would actually put just even $10 or $50 or no? It's a great question. I would, I mean, it's how could you not? Like, you'd be... Yeah. I have a buddy, Marty, who sends me his picks all the time, and he'll say, like, two units. His units are 25 cents. <laughs> the gambler. I didn't, like, honestly, I didn't, I didn't know they let you gamble that. I don't little. know what. It's not in my bookie that he's doing. I couldn't even tell you. I got to go back and look at, like, a screenshot. But I don't always, even know if they would have given us credit for Marty. No. No, no, we're not good. Ham one at mybookie.ag is not giving us credit for Marty. Mybookie.ag promo code Ham and the number one. After all that, use that promo code. They'll double your first deposit up to a thousand dollars. Remember, if you if you accept the bonus, you have to bet the full amount before you can withdraw funds. You can also decline the bonus. Ham one. We are going with. We actually jumped on this. It turns out too early. We already jumped on it yesterday. The Niners minus six and a half on the road at the Jags, and it's now down to six. It is a risky spot anytime a West Coast team goes out there. But to me, if the Niners were like, uh, what's the record? Four and five. So if they had been like six and three, this would be a game I'd be a little nervous at, right? A good team going out there, the game would be tight. The Niners have no room to like, how do they not approach this game like a Super Bowl, a playoff game? Like, this is a fucking huge game. Like, to me, I'm not as worried about them. Like, they just overlook the Jets. Like, they're not overlooking anybody at this point. They're dying for wins. And I think, you know, all the the analytic community, the DVOA guys and the power ranking guys, they thought the Niners were pretty good. Yep. And I think you saw glimpses of and that. And by like, the way, the DVOA is not guys. It's just numbers. They were top yes. 10 coming into the last week's game. So they should destroy the Jags. Now, so should the Bills a couple weeks ago, and the Jags defense can be feisty. Uh, I saw like on the ESPN when you just click on scores, it, some, it has the weather next to the line and it, it showed a little rain cloud, which actually I think is good for the Niners. Like they just they want to run the ball seventy five times. So uh, and you know who knows if if uh, what's his Elijah Mitchell? I'd you know I'd want him to play, but if Trey Sermon's got to play, I mean fuck, he was the third round pick to go with Wilson Jr. Like just slam the ball, slam the run. Yeah, I uh, I watched some of the Colts uh, Jags game today from from last week. That game was uh, seventeen to nothing in the first quarter. Colts field goal, Colts block punt for a touchdown, which feels kind of fluky. Except the third down play, they probably they almost picked Trevor Lawrence off, so it went near interception, block punt, touchdown, ten nothing. Then they march down, score again, seventeen nothing. Then the Jags score a touchdown. They missed the extra point. They got six. They get a field goal before the half. So it's whatever it was, 17 to nine at halftime. They come out, score again immediately. Think kick a field goal. So it's 20 to nine uh, Colts. Then the Jags score at the beginning of the fourth quarter. And for like eight minutes, it's a three point game. And then the Colts kick a field goal and win. So the Colts had chances to pull away. I don't know if it was them. I don't know if the. I, I'm with you. The Jags are feisty. They're not like the total joke 
team that we thought James Ag Jamal Agnew, sorry, had an explosive run in that game fast. They they are aggressive. Like some they got some talent. Like when you watch their pass rushing talent, like they got some guys flying around. And they made Carson like Jimmy's just got to get rid of the football, not try to do any crazy Carson shit. So, you know, it's this is not we took them again. The Lions, who's worse? The Lions or the Jags? Uh I would say the Jags have better pl- – obviously, the Jags have won a couple times. I mean, I think it's pretty close. Point is, the Niners had the Lions put away and did not cover. Yeah. When it was – that game was six or six and a half? was Might week one. Half. It's a little different, you know. I'm just saying, fresh. like, we understand that this is – like, we are taking a risk here, and we jumped on it, and it went down. If the Niners are going to make the playoffs, they win this game to me by 10-plus points. So – other games we considered here, we're actually going to have a college lock of the week. We'll we'll tell you about later in the show. Um, other games we considered, we we have liked Minnesota historically. I like Green Bay this week, though. Um, was there? Was I heard, I heard a stat that their expected win probability going into the fourth quarter, you know, based on their nine games, have been six point seven wins. And obviously, somehow Minnesota's fucked Minnesota. up a bunch of games, yeah. and Green Bay has pulled some of these games. You just Arizona, Cincinnati, a little bit out of their ass. So it's like it really. And if you just sit there on your couch, Minnesota comes up on red zone a lot. You go, God damn, these guys are pretty solid. Yeah, but they also could lose a game. Yeah, it is well, at home. I, here's score. how I view I view that game. I view that game as Minnesota's Minnesota. I think Minnesota could easily win it, but I just when you're getting when you're getting points with the Packers. Seems like a little bit of value to me, but I don't know. Maybe that's a public bet because I'm with you. I think Minnesota's been undervalued. Yeah, I agree. So, but they get points. That's the thing. Like they do get points in. Like they got points against the Chargers. One outright getting points here. I would say yeah. they're just. I wouldn't say they're undervalued. I just think they're good value. Like I think they're getting like it's because they keep you know their record is kind of is what it is. But they you're in position to win money if you gamble on them. So maybe that is undervalued. They're good value for us as we talk about them. They're good value. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. I like the way you said it better. Um, Could the Eagles just beat the Saints? Like part of part of when you start, Trevor Simeon was their third string quarterback. You know, I mean, technically it was like Jameis and then Taysom, but then Taysom got hurt, so they had to kind of mix Simeon as the backup. I think they signed him. Pretty sure they signed him after the season. Don't quote me on that. But like the more and more Trevor Simeon plays, the worse he gets because that's what happens to back up, you know. Trevor Simeon, if you rank the quarterbacks, he's he's closer to 60 than he is 30, right? So it's just the more and more he plays. Like 60? Jaylen, Trevor Simeon? When coached by the Saints? When coached by Sean Payton? I'm just saying if you just put them all out there, you know. Yeah. I'm with you. Like, yeah, with him and Payton, are, he's probably – 35, but just in a vacuum. I mean, but that's what he is. He's Sean Payton's quarterback. I guess he's been there for, he was there last year too. I'd have so, to think yeah. about it. I, my first reaction is I disagree that he's closer to 60 than 30. Maybe he's closer to 45 than 30. You're right. 60 is pretty bad because once you get past like 40, it's just a trash group. Cause he might be better than a lot of backups, even though he's the third stringer. Well, would you take Simeon? Let's just use the two guys. The Niners have dealt with a lot. Nick Mullins and CJ Beathard. You probably would take Simeon over both those guys, right? Yeah. I mean, I think so. 
CJ's started. He, yeah, I would take. Yes, I would take him over both those guys. Is CJ closer to sixty than thirty? CJ might be six. I think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He probably. I mean, Camara Camara's back. I think, or at least is supposed to be right. Yeah, from his MCL. Eagles are playing well. I mean, they've just well. You know who's good? Devontae Smith. You see PFF? He's the number one rated rookie. I did not see that. He's a rated I rookie. Did. It's funny, like if when PFF likes a guy that I don't, it's like who are they? And when they do, it's like you see. They PFF? don't know the plays. <laughs> when they do like a guy, like you see Devontae Smith, knew it. <laughs> like, hey PFF, you don't need to keep tweeting about Trent Williams. We know we all watch. He's dominating. It's every week. He's like, he's a highest grade player. It's like, yeah, we saw the game. He's fucking sweet. I don't. I don't mind it. I mean, I especially for offensive linemen who. Uh, I, I heard a clip. Mario Cristobal went on an inter- the Oregon coach went on an interview with uh, Coach K. Interviewed him on Coach K's show on Sirius XM. I've heard that every once in a while driving around. It'll be like Coach K, bring it on. You know, it'll be like Bruce Springsteen. Like he does have famous people on. What was the one I heard coaches. a while back? It was like, uh, who was it? It was like it wasn't this guy. But General it was Schwarzkopf. Le- no, no, no. It was like Cliff Kingsbury. It was like that type of. It wasn't him, but it was like that type of level. Sean McVay. Like, no, uh, maybe it was McVay. That that would not be the cliff level coach. He does have on football coaches a lot. He does, and, but what's interesting? I just love he asked like one of his questions to Mario Cristobal is like, so all the uniforms is that your decision? It was just like the best. Like Coach K just asked that question. If I asked that question, Mario would be like, "Fuck out of here." Coach K asked that question, that gets a real answer. But you know what Cristobal said, which is what everyone always says, which is the only time an offensive lineman gets his name called is when he's committed a penalty. So I don't mind PFF giving. Trent Williams is flowers. You see TMZ was all over Coach K's grandson getting a Dewey. Got a Dewey. And did you see Paolo Benchero? Got a, I've never heard of like an assisting and abetting a DWI. Cause I guess he gave the, maybe it was Paolo's car. He gave the keys to Coach K's grand. Paolo Benchero, who's like the number one pick in the draft next year. Yeah. Him or, you know, so he's the star player. So my guess is what happened is like, Paolo he, he drove, was not driving. Yeah. Paolo drove. And they were like, Paolo, you're too important. We can't have you drive. I'll switch drive. Switch seats. Yeah, switch seats. They're both drunk. So that's why Paolo gave him the keys. And maybe that's the I, deal when it's your car. I'd never heard of that one. Oh, did I, I wonder if the cops saw them switching seats. Oh, I, if it could, I see. Uh, oh, I, I guess that's you, you're saying you think Paolo was driving and switched seats? Well, that's what I was assuming because it's like, I'm not driving. It's just my car. Who cares? Yeah, I. I it you could be a, you, the you way I read it, someone else's car. I thought, yeah, yeah, Literally. you can. But I'm saying the way I read it was like he gave the kid his keys, and when you give when when you give an inebriated person the keys, you're aiding a DWI. Gotcha. So but maybe I, they did a seat change. Uh, I don't know. I'd be lying if I said I clicked on any of the links. I just saw headlines. Yeah, understood. I didn't quite. I read it skim because I'm a big Palo Benchero guy. But what, um, what position do you guy play? Like small. Stay, I mean, he's like six eight. Just fucking looks like yeah. LeBron. Just incredible. They look good. I mean, I did watch some of them against Kentucky. I was like, holy shit. They they housed them. They look sweet. Yeah, they look good. Coach and K's Kentucky. Make, I feel like he's going to, like, what do you think, like 5 a.m. suicides for both those my, two guys? Yeah. <laughs> Who are they suspended against? Grand Valley State? That'll teach them. 5 a.m. suicides. And uh, Shire, the coach next year, he'll meet you there. I'm going to be sleeping. <laughs> That's right. All right. Uh, let's dive into it, John. There's a lot. I'm just reading some. Uh, someone in the in the chat. Niners are going to finish 11 and six. The reply: We lost to Colt McCoy. So yeah, that's a great way to start this. Where are the 49ers right now? 
the football gods are trying to help. A team that you could only once complain, only got bad breaks, got no Robert Woods. They got no Kyler Murray, which was a, a – they actually – we could go back. The football gods gave them no Kyler Murray, no DeAndre Hopkins, no A.J. Green, and the Niners were like, we don't know what to do with this. So the gods are like, all right, no, no, seriously, we're going to give you another shot. Like when you used to be in the backyard shooting, you're like, last one before I go inside. Three, two, and you miss it. You're like, one more. Oh, he gets the rebound. Oh, they added time to the clock. Three, two, and then the Niners beat the Rams. The football gods My, like, Mine was right. always like, Michael Jordan to Middlecoff in the corner. <laughs> Scotty Pippen was like, that's not what would happen. It's like, we know, Scotty, you miserable SOB. So the football gods hit him with another one, John. The Jags this week and a chance to be 500. To me, it's pretty crazy, and it just shows you the just the nature of L's. And they were taking them. But when you get one good win against a good team, even if you have total ownage over them, it does feel like you got some life into you. And it's the way they did it, the players that dominated you win this game, you're five and five. It felt like after they got their ass kicked, and let's repeat, their ass kicked by Colt McCoy and the Cardinals, it felt like they were like a two and eight team, a three and seven team. All of a sudden, you're five and five. And luckily, and we'll get into the playoff picture, you are more than alive, right? You are more than alive with an enormous game coming up against Minnesota at home. So, but. We talked about this when the Raiders went out to Minnesota, or I mean to New York. I think we've talked about this before. I remember, was it the Rams last year that I think lost to the Jets in New York? They had a, or maybe it was the Giants. They had a bad late season loss on the road. And that felt like when McVay's like, I'm out on this guy. And it just, it can get weird because that the time zone. And a lot of times though, like the Rams example, if you're a playoff team, I do understand it. I've always defended these people are human beings. Like, you can, Belichick can get, and he's king of this, saving too. Like, this this Razorback team, they easily could be 11 and 0, you know, playing the Jets. And Saban or Belichick would be like, they got the best special team unit I've ever seen. And if you let Mike White or Flacco make one play, they can kick our asses. It's easy for him to say that. It's another thing for the players to be sitting there in the film room being like, these guys suck. The Niners are in no position to look at anyone and think anything other than we are in absolute desperation mode. Yeah. Because I think if they were winning, this would be a very, very scary spot. Like if they were six and three, I think we talked about this before we hopped on. But I do not think, like I saw this clip yesterday and I remember this because I remember watching the game with my dad because it was during Christmas. I think it was the Saturday of Christmas weekend. They played the Jacks. And Telvin Smith at the time, I don't, I think he had like a mental breakdown or quit or got in trouble. But Jalen Ramsey, it was that team that ended up going to the AFC Championship game, and they lost to the to the Bill Belichick and the Patriots. He called it a hat and T-shirt game, and they were coming out to play the Niners. And I think it was like Jimmy's second or third start, and the Niners kicked the shit out of them. I mean, it, it probably was Jimmy's. We have to look at the stats of those five games. It feels like his best game. They dominated that game. I think the final score was like 44 to 33, and the Jacks scored a little bit in some garbage time. It right. was it was like one of it was the finest moment of the season because the Jags were a powerhouse team. It's easy to forget. But it was understandable. Like they're coming west. We're playing the shitty Niners. This is the Niners are in no position to be like, oh, we're playing clown urban and bulky at these crappy players, right? Because you look at sometimes I've clicked a couple times over the weeks. Trevor Lawrence's box scores. Look pretty horrendous, guy. He is not. Part of it, he's in that that market. 
but it is not gone. Like when you're called the greatest prospect since, and you have this type season, like let's face it, I'm not blaming all him, but it has not gone well for for Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I don't think uh, is he. He's not happy. You know, everyone always makes the the you know Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning threw 28 picks his rookie year. I mean, they did go three and 13. I don't remember what that season looked like, so I'm I'm a bad narrator on that. I mean, he was 26 touchdowns, 28 picks, three and 13. I don't yeah, think bad. Trevor Lawrence is not throwing 30, 28 touchdowns though. He's got eight. Yeah, he's eight games. and nine. So what's I mean, what's he on pace for? About an 18, 18 type season. Pretty bad. Yeah, it's not good. Like you know, throw a pick. Like to me, you throw a bunch of picks, but you're throwing touchdowns. From what, what the times I've watched them, how about they, how about guy fifty eight percent completion percentage is pretty alarming. Uh, yeah, Peyton was fifty seven, but in a different time, right? Inflation, it, right? What's that? Absolutely, like sixty four. Yeah, I mean, back we looked when we interviewed uh, Jonathan Smith. I think at that point in time, there were like in nineteen ninety nine two thousand, there were like seventeen guys that were sixty four percent in the country. Now it's like eighty of them. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like the vast majority of college quarterbacks. Or in that you know low sixties range, twenty years ago, nope, like fifteen guys were in the low sixties. Like think so, about G- guy Jimmy this season is sixty six, and he's pretty inaccurate. <laughs> you know, yeah, he's inaccurate with completions though. Like yeah, I watched some of the Jags Colts game the other day. His receivers, you know, Levishka, Lawrence, the best guy they miss some throws that are just like keep your head on a swivel if you're standing on the sideline. Like they are all over the place. Like there was one Lavisca Chenault's just like. <laughs> Like Lavisca Chenault's got body language. They, they, I, Dan, he's feeding Dan Arnold. Like, kind of like Dan Arnold. Not gonna lie. Yeah. Well, Dan Arnold was on the Panthers, and now he's there. So, uh, but it's they, they put it this way. I can understand Colt McCoy and Cliff Kingsbury, and I like them getting a little mojo against you. Fine. This cannot look like that. Like I, I don't know if the. Panthers have rhythm, offensive pass game rhythm in the bag. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, if they lost forty-one to ten or whatever, it'd be people would want Kyle fired that night. I think part of the question is the Niners. I think obviously they found some stuff, but it was partly a runaway train, and it happens. Like you start rolling the way they rolled, and sometimes it just gets better and better and better and better. Pick six five minutes into the game is a game changer when you're up seven nothing. Yeah, I, I'm not saying the Jags are. Uh, uh, I'm not saying the Rams are easier to play than the Jags. I'm just saying it might not look as easy this week because it just it compounded. Um, but I one of the things you want to see is that, and this is kind of what the Bears game was. Just they beat the Bears and they had some good. The second half was better, but you want to feel like what happened last week carries over and then carries over again. It's one blah, 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 cliche at a time, step at a time, all that. But, like, they are going to have to keep going. And you'd like for them to not have to sweat this one out. Just it feels like maybe they as a team got a little something. Last well, especially, week. yeah, I mean, especially because we have gambling on them. It's like cover, guys. Yeah, I, cover. no, I know. But not I'm not even, I like, if you watch, I watched some of what Garoppolo said the other day, and I know Shanahan said it too, is they felt like they were practicing well going into the, Arizona game like they had thought they'd turn a corner going into that game and then they had a couple turnovers and I think the key in this thing is just don't do anything that shoot don't shoot yourself in the foot in the first half of this game and it shouldn't be a problem but I will say this you and I have been around football long enough any fan that has watched their team long enough like teams of practice shitty be like yeah we didn't have a great week of practice and then blow someone out had good week of practice and lost by a lot 
to me, it's just about when the game starts, you have way better players than them. You have impact guys that they cannot match you. And you have that against the Rams, let alone this team. So if you guys truly give a shit, which you should, because your season is still on the line, like you're still playing for a lot, and you have no margin for error because of the shitty start you had, you should just be making plays left and right. It should just be like, we are just way better than you. And, and you guys fucked up so early that it's be like, I want to I wanna go nuts, right? Like this is a game, like I, I do think Brandon Ayuk is going to have a game where it's like he scores you know, 100 yards and two touchdowns or something. Like this could be that type of game. Like their, their team, their secondary. Like, I, I, come on. You know, now Josh Allen, who had some Josh Allen on Josh Allen crime, like he, you know, I would imagine they're going to put him over whoever the hell is playing right tackle. Like you're not be like, let's line Josh Allen against Trent Williams. Probably not. <laughs> you know, so you, you're going to have to keep an eye on him. But, and, and I, the thing with bad teams you only have so many true haymakers in you. Like, the Lions have been throwing these haymakers like three or four times, but then every once in a while they'll just lose like 40 to nothing. Like, you can only keep getting up, keep getting up, and losing. Like, I, I think the Colts game is a good example of like, it's a divisional game, so it's just naturally easy to get up. So You know, some of the guys on the team that have been there a couple of years, like, you just get up naturally for a divisional game. So different, like, like you said about the Arizona example, like, yeah, their backups were playing, but a lot of guys in that room were like, fuck the Niners, right? It's just an easy one. It's your, this one, it's like, you know, we gave everything we had last week and we still lost. Part of it, I could see the Jags being a little flat and you should just knock them out. Like, this is not like the Bears game. You should not come out full. You should be able to make plays. And when you make plays against good teams, they, it might not equal scores, right? It might just equal field goals or whatever. Against bad teams, making plays equals touchdowns. Just that simple. Period. End of story. And they, they got way too many playmakers when the three guys are healthy in Kittle, uh, Ayuk, and obviously Debo. And their running backs and their ability to scheme the run, like it should be on like Donkey Kong. Now I'm not cocky to think it's a lock to happen, but it should. And if yeah, it I doesn't, mean, then we'll have to come back to Earth a little bit. A loss yeah. would be would be pretty glaring indictment on everything. Yeah. It'd be hard to shake this loss. I mean, it was they, hard to shake the Colts' loss, but luckily you had the Rams the next week, and you kind of earned back a little respect. It would all go away, and I don't care what you would do the next week against Minnesota. You, you wouldn't be able to take Kyle. It's like you can't get your team ready to play these guys. It would uh, when they played the Bears. I think the Bears were the worst third down team in the NFL, and the Niners were like third, second, or third worst. And uh, remember, the Bears were picking up third downs left and right with Justin Fields. Yeah. The Jaguars are by far the worst third-down team in the NFL right now. By far. They shouldn't be able to sustain anything. Now, Eric uh, on the stream comments that the front seven is not too bad. I watched them. I don't, did I mention this already or did I say it off? They did create uh, – Carson only got sacked once, but it's Carson. They created some problems for Carson, but that's Carson. Carson hangs on to the ball, tries to make a bunch of plays like – it's got to be back to the other day. Jimmy, just get rid of the ball quickly, which is fine. That's part of what he does anyway. So I do think they can create some problems for you if you let them. But if you run the ball and get rid of the ball when you throw it, I don't think you're going to have an issue. I mean, Jonathan Taylor went for 115 on him. Obviously, he's a really yeah. good player, but I'm mean, just saying, like, you should. Yeah, they should be able to run running the ball. It's... And if the Niners can run the ball, it's when they're good, right? Because what they started running the ball against the Bears, and that's when they kind of... Obviously, the Debo play happened, but then they just got the running game, and everything just kind of comes. feels like when they get like, oh, 
Backs against the wall, can't run. <laughs> Jimmy can't snap into like Josh Allen because he's not. Jags are top. Jags are 106 r- rushing yards per game. God, the Rams are awful against the run. Ah, they're middle of the pack. I take it back. I I don't think there's much to be concerned I feel, about. Again, I feel pretty if, good. I, I feel good as well. Again, this is our lock also. Um, but it's you just you cannot do things that make you worry about if you're still the person you used to be. And the person that I was used to be uh for a period of time is a team that turns the ball over, a team that doesn't convert third downs. I think they're still probably, from my perspective, maybe I'm projecting on them in a bit of a fragile state in that I don't I want you to start fast and not start thinking here we go again like they have before. And um, you know, uh then you're okay. So I, I don't know how many risks you'll try to take in the passing game, but I think one thing, and this is where we might be in danger of not covering, is that Kyle Shanahan probably knows it's a field position game with the Jags. Like you can make them punt, just don't let them end up on your 40 because you went for it. I wonder if he went for all those fourth downs. Now, he did it late when the game was out of hand because he knew the Rams could score with him, or at least in theory that the Rams could score with him. I wonder if he approaches this game the same way. I don't know. I think he, there was a moment earlier this season, I can't remember the game, where he punted and he said he it was a mistake. Like I I think he's an aggressive guy, naturally, when it comes I, to the stuff. I agree with that. I, I think you keep the fucking pedal on the metal and you, you try to you know, curb stomp him. Uh, Javier Vega, what's up, Javier? Says on the stream, Jags are going to try and force Jimmy outside the numbers. Linebacker play for the Jags are pretty good. That's when JG10 gets in trouble. That's why. That's why you hand off. <laughs> does Jimmy throw outside the numbers? Well, you hand off, guy. Okay. Well, yeah, he does. When the guy's behind the line of scrimmage, it's a quick screen. Oh, okay. Does that count <laughs> statistically? Uh, th- th- yeah, it's just like yeah, to eleven or nineteen when they just stop and you just throw it outside the numbers. I don't know if that so counts. The ball doesn't. The ball doesn't go vertically. It just goes. Uh, you know, horizontally. Uh, yeah. Statistically, I mean, I wonder, I really, I don't, that can't count a behind the line of scrimmage throw outside the numbers. No. All right. But that's, that is Jimmy's outside the numbers pass. Man. You're going to have yeah. to throw outside the numbers in a week, which we'll get to because you, you know, you have to score more points. This game, you should, you could be able to win like 21 to 10 or something. Right. And here's the other thing. This guy will throw you the ball. Which is crazy to think, but it just shows you like the moment you leave the little bubble, which he created, right? Because when Trevor was there, even though I look Clemson, they play Wake Forest, they could go nine and three this year. It's like their shitty, shitty year. They're still going to be nine and three. It's like that's why Dabum. That's what you want to do. Yeah, Save he didn't again. Year. He didn't regress, right? No, but they we didn't talk really, about the other day. They didn't necessarily that much either. But at one point in time, they were like three and four, and it looked like they could win like five or six games. But they got it. To, they do play in the ACC. They do. But they miss they miss this guy. But he also misses them because it's like, this is a little harder up here, guys. Because <laughs> part of being the number one overall pick, I think back to Manning, this is the defense of that guy always. They're usually going to such a shitty team. The thing people forget a little bit about Luck, he was awesome. His team had just been shitty. That one, They had won 10 straight games for a decade straight. They still had a lot of really good players. They just needed a quarterback. They just removed Peyton. Like this... That Peyton team in '98 and this Jaguars team did not just need a quarterback. They need like 17 other things, including potentially a coach. <laughs> did you see that if Dan Mullen gets fired, he's probably going to, like, he has Schottenheimer and Bevel, I think, on his staff. 
he'll go fire those guys and just make Dan Mullen his offensive coordinator. Like get the cool. band back together. Yeah. Great idea. I don't think Dan Mullen's ever coached in the NFL, so that'll work. I if if Urban's coaching the team next year, I'll be shocked. But then maybe it feels like it's stabilized a little bit. Uh, you know, See, we, I, I I feel like he's got two years in him. It feels like that now. I I thought a few weeks ago that there was no chance. Uh, with the, you know, touching the women at the well, they were touching him too at the bar. Well, just the losing bar. and the skipping the team flight. More about all just just like the stress, all of that. Like I thought the stress of it all. Things change fast. I was going to get to him. Um, you know, there's no such thing as style points in the NFL, but not all five and fives are created. Not all 500 records are created equal. Part of it is who you beat. Part of it is how you look. And, um, you know, this is the kind of game that can just get them some momentum if there's such a thing. And I think part of it is, and I saw the the stat here in the comments, because we, we talked about it the other day. I don't remember. I think it was an ESPN stats and info or next gen, whatever it was about Garoppolo 88 and his last 89 snaps out of the shotgun. Like more of that, right? I, again, I don't. You don't need Elijah Mitchell, you don't think? But I, I would like to see him play because he's the best running back. Maybe Trey Sermon can can get a few carries in there. It'd be nice. If you can I get would a like little to see movement. Trey Sermon. I would too. So it's just take another step, take another step, and take another step, and you feel like maybe we could reopen our uh, you know our hearts to the possibilities of them not taking a step backward after they take one forward. Well, I'm looking at these playoff possibilities, guys. They look they look tasty. Well, let's talk about like the other things that the Niners need to have happen for them. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer, when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. Butcherbox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at game time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called game time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, Promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M. Save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Right now that the door is open, they're kind of to me like Oregon uh, in the CFP, where 
I've talked about Oregon. We've talked about it. Like they got to, as long as they keep winning, if you have Ohio State and Cincinnati, and what if Alabama is a two loss? The most important part of the whole CFP argument for Oregon is that Oregon wins. Like that's the essential part. So the essential part here is the Niners win, but here's other things they need to be rooting for. Let's go through them. Do you still really quick feel very good about the top five teams or just in Green Bay, Cards, Dallas, Tampa, Rams? We locking the yes. squads in? I, I, yeah, I think so. I think it's fair to do that too. Then you go from six to nine is a bunch group of the Saints, which are currently five and four and lost a couple straight games. You have the Panthers, which give them a little credit, went on the road, got a win to get to their five and five. You have Minnesota, who's four and five. They play the Packers, and you got the Niners, all kind of bunched there. And we're recording this before the Thursday night game. Like Falcons are four and five. Let's just assume the Patriots win, which you can't really do on Thursday night games. But I guess you got to throw them in there. You have it's not just the seven spot is kind of iffy. To me, this there are two spots: the six and the seven spot. So mm-hmm. the Saints. It goes back to Kyle. I think Kyle said this because I think he stole it from Tomlin because he's listening to the podcast. Like, you know, it's about the A players, making your A players play like A's. But also a huge part of that when Tomlin told the story was like Monty Kiffin telling him any good coach for a game can get a C guy to play like a B game. I agree. One part that got left out of there, well, what happens when you have to start your C guy? <laughs> when your B guy is injured and you got to start your C guy? And that... Like, the Saints, they're on to Trevor Simeon. So Trevor Simeon has to start out. You know, I'm with you. Sean Payton, we saw that list. He makes like $15 million. Their, their defense is solid. Obviously, Kamara's a star. But anytime he's your starting quarterback, just going on the road, like, that's not a lock to win that game. And just, even if they beat the Eagles, just keep winning. And Carolina now plays a combination of P.J. Walker and... And a guy who literally got cut, not because he wouldn't get the shot, because he couldn't complete passes in Cam. Those are two quarterback, like we talk about the quarterback position, the quarterback position, the quarterback position. Those are pretty iffy fucking quarterback situations, guy. I mean, for, I, and, and, and neither like one of Sean those teams. Payton, is, no, no, no. Neither one of those teams is making the playoffs, I don't think. And the thing about New Orleans is. Well, the to me, the Saints could be in the mix. You don't think. How? You don't think they could just stay alive because their defense well, you, you is good, know their coach is good? I, I should take it back because because it's hard to find two teams that you really like for the six and seven spots. So that's and, why they and have guy, a shot. They still, they, they still play the Jets. They still play the Falcons. Yeah, I mean, you know, they, it's a long Eagle, year. Like they, yeah, they Bills, Cowboys. Yeah, it's tough. Now, it's tough. The Saints' strength of victory is the uh, second best in the NFL. The only team with well, a better strength of victory in the league is the Jets. Well, because they beat the Packers, who have went eight and two, and they beat the Bucks. Yeah, it's the, the teams they've beaten have a five forty one winning percentage. There's only one other team that's in the playoffs right now whose opponents that they've beaten have a record over five hundred. That's Arizona in the NFC. Ta- not the Titans. In the AFC, oh, there's oh, only gotcha. one team, and it's Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, the Titans. So the Saints have done some good work, but you know they don't get bonus points for those wins. They still have a they still have half their season to go almost. And they've you know got the problem five is, is if you beat an eight and two team. Well, if you also beat a two and eight team, it just it's even, right? Yeah, yeah. That's why that's why the Jets. It's like their strength of victory. Who cares? But um, is high at the winning percentage. Guy, uh, do you know the? I'm not going to try to live in the past. I try to stay forward. If the Niners just would have either beat fucking Colt McCoy or Indy, we'd be talking about them like they're going to make the playoffs. 
and they still I actually feel pretty confident that they're going to be right in the mix, but their margin for error with the, with those two losses just set them back. You know, which they're lucky they still get to play Minnesota right in a week. So you win this week. I think you just got to root for, like, you and I, I kind of want Minnesota to win to make that game really important. So I'm personally rooting for Minnesota, but big picture, like, if you want the Niners, you just want to get them out of the way. Yeah, you want Minnesota to lose. But definitely you're rooting for the Eagles and football team this week. You want Philly to beat New Orleans, right. And then Philly's four, five, and six, and New Orleans is five and five, but whatever. You already beat the Eagles. Exactly. Uh, did you say you want Carolina to lose? Yeah, football team. Root for Heineke. And and then I think the other unless you take an Atlanta Carol I think Carolina will naturally play its way out of it. I think the Saints, though, just with their culture, their coach, you actively need to root against them because they're the Panthers are much more likely to go on a three or four game losing streak than the Saints. Do you agree with me on that one? Yeah. Yeah. So the Panthers will take care of itself. Like to me, if you're the Niners, like you, you want to get up there, you want to get the highest seed as possible, right? Like, sure, but at this point, I'm not being picky. No, I'm just saying, but you just want to keep winning. Like it, it just might open itself up to ten and seven gets the six seed. Yeah, yeah. I think the team that is well down the standings right now at the NFC that you have to just keep an eye on is Seattle. Seattle plays Arizona this week. Then they play the football team on the road. They could lose that game. They've been weird. They've lost four or five. I mean, they only have three wins this year. You see DK's that, hurt and Bobby Wagner's like, I, I, he needs I, to get his I'm shit just, together. They got some weird things going on there. I agree. They do. Pete, they do. Pete might get fired or quit. But, they, or, but, but here's the thing. They've beaten the Niners already. That's the, that's the, that's the reason I'm keeping an eye on them. If you've they beaten do, them. They do play fine. again in a couple weeks. I know. Well, you just enough weird stuff can happen that you don't want to have been swept by Seattle. I, are they going to win all these games? I don't know. But could they beat If I told you they win their next four, you'd go. Well, I counted them out again like I do almost every year, and then it turns out they're in the mix. Arizona, Washington, the Niners, and the Texans. All of a sudden, they're 7-6, and six, and they're in the 6 And they've swept you. <laughs> yeah. You'd be in trouble, yeah. And Russ is coming back. I mean, well, we're still two weeks away. you got to win that game. I mean, that's you got to go to Seattle and win the game. Like, that's a pretty big game. Because you can't – guy, you can't get swept by the Cardinals and Seattle. And, yeah, that'd be a problem. That'd be tough. Unless you sweep the Rams. And you have to win all these other games, and you'd need Seattle to start losing. Like if Seattle were to sweep you and then go on a winning streak while they're doing that, you'd be in trouble, right? Right. So you and it right. feels like Ru- Seattle could. I would beat say you I would say you're losing other games. You, well, then you also then you, you're right. There, I, I I didn't. You need to root for Arizona to beat them and just knock them the fuck out because at three and seven they're done. They're in trouble. They got weird shit going on. But yeah. there's a like four and six. Then you said they play the football team. They, they, they'll probably be favored in that game. And they're five and six, Cardinals. and now they're in the position that to you play know, you for a lot going on. It's right? like yeah. their it's like their version of the Rams game last week for the Niners. Yeah, except the they're Niners one game under five hundred. Yeah, and potentially you're six and five, so that game's for all the marbles. And then all of a sudden you're six and six. They beat you. They're six and six. Well, they jump you because they beat you twice. You're right. I, I keep I keep an eye on them. Just they are the boogeyman. They are just. But if Russ is off and the finger's not right, and he, you know, the nineteen hours a day doesn't get him right, and DK now is mad at everyone, and they they could implode like this. They've had a decade long, even a decade long teams beside the Patriots just have an implosion season. It kind of feels like their implosion season. I don't. I'm not confident on that, but it's 
if if Kingsbury goes in there and beats them, it, it'll feel like the implosion because they they've had some pretty epic games. Those two teams, right? Feels like I, I remember Arians and Pete going at it. Hell, Kingsbury. Remember the, they had the, the game the last DK year where Chase DK ran them out. Yeah, yeah, the DK chase down game. That was last year. Yeah, Buda Baker in the. That MVP was last. Stadium. God, it feels like a last year. It was Sunday Night Football. I remember watching it. It's still on. Like, if you're Buddha, you're like, I made this great play, and now it's on like every NFL AWS commercial where it's like uh, catch percentage nine uh, percent, and it's an incredible play. It's a lot of memes uh, too. Yeah, you know? Sean says don't need to beat Seattle. They play themselves out of it. Not a good team. Eric says Russell will not be playing in Seattle next season. The Shills says Seahawks are horrible. Kid Loose says Seattle's not a playoff cal- cal- caliber team, even with Russ. This feels like on you know college game day where seven people pick a certain team and then the other team, like when everybody on Monday night picked the Rams except for Ham and Steve Young. What's funny is I was almost like I'll believe they're dead the, when they're dead. Didn't they beat the Niners twenty eight to seven? And then I looked at this; it was twenty eight twenty one. But it was like there was a garbage time touchdown in there. And was that the was there a blown coverage where he hit Debo? Was that a different game? I think that might have been them or Ayuk. A blown sure oh oh where the Niners hit hit sorry you said Debo was thinking DK it might have um, been Sherfield sure it was somebody yeah but Lance hit something in the chat might remember that yeah it was Debo it was a it was a blown coverage to Debo it was wide open he threw it down the right sideline he just walked into the end zone I guess the, there is an X factor because Eric says why isn't Pete Carroll on the hot seat like do they turn on their coach once and for all you know Pete does a good job of keeping that whole thing together but. Oh, yeah. Well, last week or last year when Pete missed the playoffs. Oh, yeah. I forgot. He won the division by two games. He won the division. Like, what do you mean why he's on the hot seat? They make the fucking playoffs every year. Oh, yeah. I'm not worried about the hot seat. Although, I wouldn't shock me if there's some. I've heard Russell weird happens. Well, I mean, I've heard Russell's hard to get along with. So, yeah. Well, he takes bodyguards to his own party where he invites everybody. So it's a little weird. (laughs) Where this invite only. Yeah, that was the story. Invite only still has bodyguards. I'd be like bringing bodyguards to your own wedding. It's like, well, you guys invited everyone here. You know, all the people here are people you invited. Yeah. Sometimes you're just an elitist. You're an elitist. Here's what I know. This team wins a lot, and they're playoff caliber, and maybe they're not this year. And maybe I, I would rather be late to recognizing that the Seahawks aren't good enough this year than early. Put it that yeah, way. I, I agree with you. The chat seems to be very confident, though. But They hate Seattle. Um. Anybody else we need to identify this week? I think you just the Eagles and football team will help you breathe. Because regardless what happens in Minnesota, you do play them next week. So it's like that one you can control. The Saints and Carolina a little out of your control. You don't play them. To me, the Minnesota thing, if you had to rank them, they're the last on the importance. At minimum, you want either the Saints or Carolina, one of those two teams, to lose. Minnesota, you, you root for them to lose unless you're gambling on them, then you want them to win. But to me, it's not as important because you get to fucking line up with them a week from now. And it, best case, I mean, you probably have the same record, right? If they do upset, you beat the Jags, boom, five and five. That's good for our business. I actually don't, I kind of want them to win because I think that makes that game really important. And I yeah, want that I, game to I understand. Matter. I understand. I, I, I look at it like, do you think six and two, you, agree, you feel, if I told you right now, the Niners go six and two down the stretch, that means they were 10 and 17. 10 and seven, you're in the dance. Right. You'd feel good about that. How would you, like, looking at the schedule, you go, okay, wh- who are the two? That means you've got to beat, right, You yeah. some combination of Tennessee, the Fal- uh, the Rams again. you got to beat the Falcons. you got to beat the Bengals. you got to beat 
See, Seattle. I don't care what Seattle's record when you play them is, by the way. No, I know. Yeah, cool. Minnesota. You go there. Yeah, you got to win these games. So actually, so, it wouldn't be six and two. It, it would, you would have gone seven and two over your last nine because you just beat the Rams, right? You count the Rams game, yeah. That's what you got to do. Go do it. It's I think the it's position possible. they put themselves in. I, yeah, yeah, I do too. I actually think I, nine and eight. You'd have depending on how it all shakes out. It's you're not dead, but more but some tiebreakers might come in. into play there. Yeah, then you, you better beat lucky. Minnesota head to head. Yeah. Who knows? I don't think Atlanta's going to be there, but you better beat Atlanta. Well, that's where the nine and eight thing. Like, okay, you beat Jacksonville, but let's say Minnesota loses to Green Bay, but then Minnesota beats you, and then all of a sudden they're five and six, and they climb back, and then they get to nine and eight. You're at nine and eight, but they beat you know. It's just you, you do have to win the games that are of the teams that you're playing in this mix, and the only team that you're playing right now in this mix is Minnesota, and potentially Seattle. Well, I mean, whether they're in the mix or not, they can fuck it up for you. Big time. Uh, John, before we go any further, let's tell the people about Indeed. Indeed.com slash ham. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Just think of it like that. If you're hiring, you need Indeed.com slash ham. It is the number one source of hires in the United States, according to Talent Nest. And right now you get a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash ham. Yep. Um, get on it right now. People, if you're listening to this, small business owner, I can't recommend Indeed enough. Uh, they make the uh, Indeed assessments. You can reduce hiring time by 12%. We're all looking for people to hire. And the quicker you can get people to hire, faster it is, easier it is. So right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash ham, Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash ham. Indeed.com slash ham. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Attract, interview, hire, all in one place. They partner with you every step of the hiring process. You can find talent with the skills you need through the tools like what John said, the Indeed instant match assessments and virtual interviews. 73% of all online job seekers in the U.S. visit Indeed each month. Indeed.com slash ham podcast also brought to you by our friends at sleepnumber.com slash ham sleepnumber.com slash ham where right now you can say 50 percent on the sleep number 360 limited edition smart bed only at sleep number stores or sleepnumber.com slash ham okay you know the key establish a routine get to bed don't watch tv too late at night turn off your phone in front of your eyeballs because it triggers these things in your brain you want to stay awake but even though you want to sleep We've all seen the memes of like you're tired all day, but then it's time for bed and you can't fall asleep. A lot of that is on you. A lot of that is on you putting Happened the lights in front night. of I'm your gonna, head. To be honest. It sucks. You watch your caffeine intake, guy. Don't be drinking a cup of iced coffee at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Data shows sleepers who have caffeine in the evening are less restful and higher average heart rates that, than those who don't. So avoid the caffeine. Uh, can't recommend sleep number... I mean, any more than we do. We love them. We've had them forever. Sleep Number Proven Quality Sleep is a life-changing sleep. It's time for Sleep Number's Black Friday specials. Save 50% on Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus special financing. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash ham. Subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com slash ham for details. Uh, Raiders turning point this week, John. 
because they played a little weird. Do you think it's a little weird that it already flipped? The Bengals are now favorite. That's, I mean, that they were like a they were a one point favorite. Then by on a couple days ago, then I saw yesterday it was a pick 'em, and then when we've talked today, the line has flown two points. That's not yeah. Haberman and Middlecoff just betting, right? That's people are we haven't hammering. bet that game. But I'm just saying, like that's to get a two point line movement with no player, you know, quarterback out. That's people are betting big money on the Bengals moving the yeah. line. And it's, you know, I think it kind of illustrates that the Raiders are in a tenuous position right now. Um, we talked about them after the Chiefs game. The, the dreams of the AFC West this year are over for them. Done. Now it's about hanging on for dear life and making the playoffs. Where at this moment in time, they are not in at five and four. Um, and it's a good AFC. Guess who else is a part of that battle at five and four? Cincinnati. So now you're talking about being five and five and having that head to head loss. Guess who else is five and five? Indy. Guess who else is five and five? Cleveland. Those are not playoff teams. The AFC is much more difficult to make the playoffs this year than the I NFC agree. is. Much, the, the, much. I, th- I think they're not as good at the top, but they're like five through nine feel a little bit stronger than the than the NFC. I would say they have all seven other teams to me could be the one feel like at different points in time. They're now the Chargers haven't been great, right? Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh tied the the, the Lions last week, so I shouldn't say that about them, but. Feels like Kansas City hasn't really gotten going, and they're the four seed. And as you pointed out to me, the Raiders, this is this is going to come quick for them because they play Cincinnati this week, and then they turn around and play on Thursday on Thanksgiving. In what game? Uh, the Lions game. <laughs> no, not the Lions game. Oh, not the Lions game. The Cowboys game. Wouldn't you say that's the marquee game that feels like most people are watching around their house? The Cowboy game. Well, judging the by the NFL ratings that I saw the <laughs> other day, yes, I think the Cowboys game, a Cowboys game has been like one of the top, I think six Cowboys games are among the top 10 NF, uh, TV shows this year. Something well, to like me, that. that that's in its own category. You're going to be a heavy underdog. I, I saw the, the line was already like seven on that game. But the one thing the Raiders have starting with this game is they play, th- we talked a lot about the Niners that don't really play those you know teams they're fighting for beside Minnesota. The Raiders play the Bengals, they play the Browns, and they play the Colts. Like, they play those three teams. And so if if the seventh spot is nine or ten wins, assuming that the Raiders can still get there, like, they're going to have a chance to control their own destiny. But listen, I'm not trying to be coach cliche bullshit. If you can't win this game, I'm sorry, guy, I am completely out. Because it can snowball. And I saw Derek. Derek had some comments. Because let's face it, the last two years... I forget the exact records. I think two years ago they might have been six and three. Last year I think they were seven and four. Like they've had, I mean, not just like five and four. Like they were several games above five hundred in November and did not get over five hundred. Like it's hard if you're six and three to not end up at nine and seven, and they have not been able to do that. He claimed that he thought that he thought this team when he talked yesterday on Wednesday. He's like, usually after shit hits the fan, I, you know, I get here early, kind of propping himself up, you know, on like a Tuesday to do some extra work. No one else would be there. He's like, this time around, a lot of people were there grinding. He's like, I feel the energy in here. Now, I do think maybe they're trying hard. They might just run out of gas. I think the rug situation just might have derailed them. But let's face it, guy. We talked a lot about you and I, and rightfully so, Derek's going to get himself a huge contract. They have no choice. And listen, maybe he still inevitably does, but they missed the playoffs again, and he plays like he has the last couple weeks, which, let's face it, not very good. I mean, he was atrocious in the Giants game. Yeah. The Chiefs game, he's just, 
if you have a $35, $40 million quarterback in a huge game, I need a better performance out of that. And I just, he's kind of like, they need some like, hey guys, I, I'm not the, just the team captain. I'm the guy that they're about to give $150 million to. He kind of needs to, you know, down the stretch, have some of those three, four touchdown games if it's even possible. But if he can't, if he doesn't dominate and play at a Pro Bowl level, they have no fucking shot. Do you agree with that? No, none. They're not all good pro, enough as a team. Pro Bowl level, not all pro level. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, have several games where he's throwing like three or four touchdowns well, like, or just balling in the game, you know? Yeah. I, I think the other thing is he's, he is, I mean, with Walt, Crosby's been phenomenal. Like, their phenomenal. pass rush is good. Him and Yannick are good. But I think Derek also, in a lot of ways, controls the pulse of the team. And when they're rolling on offense, like, things feel really good. I think it's hard once you've been punched in the gut to get that back. And, I told you this the other day after the Giants game. I I absolve them of that performance. I really do because I, I, I thought the rug situation was, uh, I mean, a total black cloud over that. And I think it might affect, I think it might end their season, that situation. Now, Gruden's a part of it too. Like, say what you want about John Gruden. He was making $10 million a year, or I guess it wasn't technically, but he got a $100 million contract. Other people were trying to hire him too. And, he does. He's a good football. Like he's not a joke of a football coach, right? We might think he's not a great GM. He's not their football coach anymore. But for all of Rich Basaccia's qualities, like John Gruden had experience as a head football coach through many, many years, calling plays, running a locker room, all of that stuff. Maybe Rich has all the qualities necessary too, and the time will show that. But they did lose something when they lost their head coach, and they got a little boost. It's like, oh, we're loose around here. Okay. But then they go through another situation that is traumatizing and requires leadership. And now it's not smooth sailing without John Gruden. Like Rich Passaccia didn't just have to like take control of the wheel. Here we go, guys. Let's take Gruden's gone. Interim coach has to handle the rugs thing now. Like that yeah. is that, to me. That would have been crazy a, for Gruden. That would have been crazy for any, Andy Reid Belichick. So it's just, it's a, I think it's a lot. And it's why uh, three weeks ago, whatever it was, you asked me, is this team making the playoffs? I said, hell yes, they are. Last week you asked me, are they making the playoffs? I said, no. I think this Ruggs thing is just going to take them out. Um, now. It could, well, they, then it could, if they lose this game, guy, it could all of a sudden they've lost because they lose the Cowboys. You're talking about a four-game losing streak and them spiraling to like draft in the top ten. Now, now, if they win, if they beat Cincinnati somehow, then maybe they can find something. They just need something to go right for them. Well, right I'll now. tell you, guy. Don't they just need their if their quarterback can just outplay Joe Burrow? Which, if you're going to make him a thirty-five million dollars a year guy, and honestly, that might be low, right? I'm just I just wrote down thirty-five, like based on the numbers. You know, quarterbacks forty. You can't be getting your quarterback can't get outplayed every week. So, like some of this pressure, like yeah, all that shit was crazy. I wouldn't wish that upon. It's really impossible, tough to handle, because it impacted Derek. You know, the only thing that didn't necessarily was Arnett. He lost his coach, his offensive coordinator. He lost his deep threat ascending. You know, I wouldn't call him. I mean, who knows where his career went? But star, up and coming star, potentially wide receiver. Those are two direct impacts on Derek. Well, we gave him a lot of credit for handling the situation, being the leader. And now, and I get it, like it's a difficult spot to compartmentalize. Did you see the story? I think when you get in trouble like that, they make you do like mandatory breathalyzers maybe every day, and Ruggs missed one, and the judge had, it's like, it's situation is just a, 
I can't even imagine living there. And I'm not, who knows, these guys watch like basic television, right? They're not just watching the local news, but just, it'd just be out there, right? Your your girlfriend says something, your friend that's living with you says something, your, hell, just your teammate, like, did you read that news story on Henry? It's just, it, it's still there. Like, it's in their backyard. It's, it's probably one of the biggest sports stories in town, just the Henry Rugg situation, right? Uh, and I, I don't know, man. I, I don't have much faith that he can. Not because I don't think he's talented enough. It just feels like it's a little overwhelming, and he's missing his guy. But if if he wants to survive this season as a team and like have a chance to what we thought was a lock a couple weeks ago, guy, they need a huge performance out of him just this week. And it, let's say they were to get their ass kicked, like let's just say they lost by ten and kind of shoved around. I mean, I bet by the time kickoff on Thursday, what ten point underdog? If they were to lose this game, well, like yeah, 30 especially to seventeen or something. It, it, what are the uh, what do the Cowboys do this week? Even win or lose, if the Cowboys just look good against Kansas City, if there's some shootout game, yeah, feel which it feels like it could could be. But couldn't it get really ugly? Like you come off a loss, and then you're playing the Cowboys, and they're really good, and all of a sudden it's like you just see the Raiders implosion on Turkey Day while you're eating like drinking a Tito's and having some stuffing. Did the Raiders you know, honestly, play on be Thanksgiving? Sad. They last had before. Year? Was it last year? Uh, I feel it was a couple years ago. I don't remember Gruden on Thanksgiving off the top of my head, but it could be wrong. Uh, what would be – would not have been at Atlanta last year. A couple years ago, I won the DraftKings money, and Amari had a huge day on Thanksgiving. It might have been like 2018 when Gruden traded him to the Cowboys. I guess that could have been 17, hmm. 17 18, 19, 20, 20. No, it would have been 18. I don't think the Raiders will play on Thanksgiving in a long time. I thought it happened a couple of years ago, but I can't. My, my schedule's not loading. Um, I, I, yeah, I think I, that's a tough spot for him, that Thursday night game against the Cowboys. I mean, there's going to be 25 million people watching. Yeah, they, they have not yet shown that they can be a team when, when their back's against the wall and the bright lights consistently show up. Well, I'd say historically that's not really been Derek's strong suit. Not and even now he, the team. He he loses, I mean, like, say, again, I'll go back to like Gruden helped him. He got, he became a better quarterback after John Gruden showed up. Agreed? Yes. So well, he lost that. He became, he became back to what he had been. He had been a good quarterback Gruden in the NFL, lost yes. it, got it back. Yes. yes. So he lost that. And then he lost rugs. Like, it's, are, are you still confident that he's like a lock scholarship guy for this team for the next five, six years? Feels like there's a lot of moving uh, parts. Yeah, I mean, I'm still pretty confident about it, but new management, you know. Who but knows? if you like hired Doug Peterson, let's just say Doug Peterson takes over, yeah, w- I think would Doug wouldn't want to coach him. Why wouldn't I, he? I think I think he's their quarterback for a while. But they would have to, but they would have to give him a huge new contract, right? I guess you could give him like a three for a hundred. He literally has said he doesn't want to play anywhere else. So do you? Could you give him like a two for 50 extension? Or do you lock him in for years and it's just a, an amount of money that is big for one human being, but it's not big for quarterbacks, right? Like, do you give him five for just like five, a hundred, five, one twenty-five, And guaranteed 80? Yeah, hell, guarantee all of it. Who cares? It's 25 million a year for your quarterback. Well, he's a tradable player then, even though he said he'd quit. No trade clause. Then if he'll do that. Yeah, could you get him like four for hundred with a no trade clause? That would be a pretty smart deal. 
Because you would. I take mean, the for the re- of course, it'd be a smart deal. I mean, for who? <laughs> like how? I'm being serious though. Like, what does his loyalty really get them from a monetary standpoint? I, I think it. I think two things depend on Derek. How this season goes, how he plays. Because let's. He's been really poor the last two games, beside like two series against the Chiefs, which Deshaun kind of screwed him. But it was just two series on the yeah. whole game. He was bad. Does he keep playing like that? And then who the next coach is? Like there, I mean, Mark could just detonate this place, right? I get a new GM, a new coach. We've seen. Did you see uh, when Eli <laughs> asked Draymond? He's like, "What's the meanest thing you could say to Peyton?" And Draymond, you could tell, is like, "I don't really want to say it." And he's like, "You know, Peyton." The Colts cut you, or like you were whatever. He just took a jet. I was like, damn. What the way he said it though was like good shit talk. So you just if Peyton Manning can get cut, if Tom Brady can leave in free agency, like I, I'm just sorry, like anything can happen in bro sports, right? So Derek can say he wants to stay, and it makes sense on paper. Like where are they going to find a new quarterback? But we see it all the time. Like people, yeah, I know. He's not know. winning. Unless he wins this game and gets him back into playoff contention. I know, but there's so many. I mean, it's also very easy to make a list of reasons why he's not winning that don't involve him. There aren't many quarterbacks that get to play nine or ten years with one playoff appearance. It'd be like Kyle if he coached eight years for the Niners. And no, but I mean, there time. aren't many quarterbacks that coach that play nine years, and I would bet based on the number of coaches he's had. The, no, I know. Just the, I mean, it's his, his career is just pretty unique based on the instability of the franchise. That's why I would recommend get the fuck out of there. I know we recommend, but he doesn't want to do that. So no, he's, he's very loyal. Uh, Rex Ryan, John. I love a good criticism that comes from a local sports talk show. It's like Rex Ryan on. It's like if you were in New York, Turner, you were in Hoot, Hoot, Turner and Hooch. Yeah. DiPietro De, De, De and Rothenberg. <laughs> and then someone has to ask Sala about it. Calls out Sala. Says he's insulted that people would even compare Sala to him. Don't compare that guy to me. Salah hits him with, I've never met Rex. I've never had a conversation with Rex. I don't even know him except for people who know who know him. Obviously, uh, if it's that personal for him, he knows where to find me. I thought very good response by uh, by uh, by Robert Salah. Rex's tone was a little aggressive, though not totally wrong. Like the one those couple years with the Jets, Rex was they had the top defense in the league. They're the best defense in the league when the, the league was pretty physical. Like it was very impressive what Rex did in New York, right? Took him to two AFC championship games. So I, I get Rex taking a you know a good little kidney shot. And what's Robert gonna say? Like, yeah, this guy's a clown on TV talking. I'm the coach now. I'm just gonna stay focused. Like that would have been sweet. Like I hate that loser. Quote, this guy was supposed to be a defensive guru, Rex Ryan. Does Rex is Rex like a Jets fan? Or he just has taken on the Jets since he coached them? Uh, well, I would guess... Actually, I have no clue. I was going to say, I guess he lives in New York. But when you're really rich, you probably would move to Florida. Well, maybe he coached at Buffalo. Maybe he lives some... Yeah, maybe he's got a place up there in the... Jersey's got a New York or cheap, something. A little cheaper tech. Yeah, I bet he's around. I bet those New York guys love... I mean, I would try to get Rex Ryan on all the time, wouldn't you? Like, if we were Absolutely. producing the show. So it, it makes sense. But it is... It hasn't gone well for Robert. Like, they just feel a little just discombobulated. The rookie quarterback looks shitty. The one thing I, in that's fairness to Rex, his defense sucks. Yeah. Well, the one thing that's helped Robert is that Trey Lance isn't really doing much. Fields has shown some flashes, but whatever. Mac, nobody wanted him at number two anyway. Now, in the end, if Mac's good, that'll reflect poorly on everybody that drafted ahead of him a quarterback. But 
you know, it's not like Trevor Lawrence looks great. It's 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 not really about the quarterback thing right now. I I think it's more that what what you said that defensively. Remember, he's not the coordinator. I know, but it's Which is still you have a responsibility when you're hired as a head coach, even if it's not your side of the ball, to just bring some of that with you and feel like you're imprinting on your new franchise just some sort of. You you said this credit to you, and this is far from over with with Sala, but it's hard if you're the the rah rah leadership guy, and your team's bad. How do you help your team, right? Like when your team's bad and you're on one side of the ball, you're like, we suck, but hey, we're doing this one thing better at least. But, you know, they're talking about Jeff Ulbrich. Are you changing the defense? Like there's just a lot going on. And obviously, and on top of that, it's New York. So then you get Rex chiming in who, you know, it's not like Rex was there 12 years. Rex was there for five. He ain't going to shut up either, right? No. But it's hard when it's going to take you three years to get things on. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what how this where this goes with the Jets. I think it's got a little. I think it's got a little weirder than even I expected with Robert, and that's just a natural. I would say avalanche that can happen in New York, in Philadelphia, in Boston, in some of these markets. Where it's just, I think you see it a lot in the SEC. You know, our guy Mac with Florida, it got weird fast, and there's just. I remember Phil Savage said. Once the once the snowball starts coming down in the avalanche of negativity in the SEC, and he was tight with Mac, he's like, there just is no stopping the narrative. There, there's no slowing it down, you know. And I, I think the NFL is probably a little different than even the SEC because it's not like in the SEC you're just compared against Saban. There, you're still in the division with the Bills are really good. Obviously, you still got Belichick, and it's just New York sports are a big deal. Football is a big deal. It's just hard to slow it down, guy. It really is. I also think in college, maybe it happens in the NFL too. I, and I don't, I haven't even looked. I just occurred to me what you're talking about college football, about attendance numbers. But like, I think one thing that happened in Washington with Jimmy Lake, many things happened. But one thing that happens is fan apathy at a college level changes things very quickly, right? It can just, that can help create a snowball very fast. Well, and I, I think Sala is and it's not his fault like what happened in the last decade like they have sucked they've become a joke they've become a laughing stock he had nothing to do with that but the moment you become the coach you then oh same old jets so we're just rebuilding again we suck again it's like well i fuck i didn't it's not my fault i just came here because you needed me but you you just get lumped in with all those guys it's happened with the new york giants it's hard to it happens for everyone that takes over the lions right it happens just bad programs it's hard to shake it that's why in college you you have to pivot right away. You see with Sark, like it it just he feels. He had like a vote just, of confidence from the uh, chancellor today. Yeah, <laughs> the guy no came choice. out to practice to tell him vote of confidence, Sark. Oh, he did. Yeah. Do you think Sark? Do, what would his buyout been? Huge, probably. Yeah. I mean, they they're paying twenty four million to last year's guys. I don't know. I, I think he'll yeah. be back. Yeah, he's back. Could go four and eight, but it's it's uh, hard to just stop. The, the, the negativity. It really yeah. is. I think Sala has that going. And the problem is, too, guy, I don't know, you know, having lived in Philly, you, you can be whatever you want, I think, anywhere, whoever your personality is. Like, Mike Leach works in Mississippi State if they win eight games a year, right? Just like he would work any school, happy, negative, whatever. When you lose in a town that, like, they don't do happy-go-lucky bullshit. And Sala's not a negative guy. 
You know, he's also not happy go lucky. I know, but he's just, he's much more an optimistic guy than he is like a Parcells. Like, we're drawing a fucking line in the sand. Yeah. Are you with me? But he's not going to, we're burning the boats. People aren't going to turn on him because he's, you know, cheese. He's not going to be Sirianni or Gase. Yeah. No, no, no. No, I know. But he, he's, he's not, you're right. He's, I, I guess. I'm diminishing. He's not cheesy at all, but he's not like going to rip. Like that is not except we will cut that guy. And sometimes in New York, they kind of like that. Yeah. That's just not kind of, they're already doing weird things. Just got really weird for him really fast. Flacco. Can happen I mean, they're playing Flacco this week. I know it's crazy. Well, we know what Joe Flacco. We, uh, it's weird. Like Joe Flacco. I, I, I think Zach Wilson's going to be a bust. I do. I think he's not going to be good. Yeah, well, it's not trending well, John. No. Well, how the way they how love Mike? Ro- they love Mike White. How does Robert help him out? Zach Wilson. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got to find a way to win games without asking your quarterback to do a lot. That's the only chance you have. Yeah. And then maybe he can develop just kind of because the quarterback doesn't get to develop kind of in silence unless you're winning games without him doing a lot. Yeah. Can't move in silence like lasagna. That's right. Is that what it is? Something like, uh, yeah, yeah, it's something like that. Uh, S is. Yeah, S is moving silence like lasagna. No, real G's moving silence like lasagna. That's what it is. That's it. Yeah, that's a good one. (laughs) I mean, like, here's Brady just said BYU. You made the point earlier about look at Clemson without Trevor Lawrence. BYU's killing it, guy. Do you see some of their scores? Like they've had a couple games where they scored like sixty plus. I had someone in the NFL mention, look at Clemson's offense since losing Trevor, even though he's struggling. Like clearly, he was very impactful in an elite program, right? You could make the argument like Mac Tua. They didn't. They never skip a beat. Just Mac to Bryce Young. Haven't skipped a beat. Look at Joe Burrow, and all of a sudden you watch Joe Burrow. You're like, yeah, he's really important. BYU. They, they had a game a couple weeks ago against Virginia. It was like 66 to 40. And someone in the league is like, you know, Virginia, I, I've scouted them. They're not bad. Like, that's, look at that offense. The kid threw like, no, it was a close touchdowns. game. Yeah. Jaron Hall. Not a great sign. You know who, uh, who no one's going to notice who they play this week, but you know who they play next week? Saturday? USC. BYU. What's their record? Probably pretty good. Eight and right? two. They're going to be nine and two. Well, they play Georgia Southern. I don't think that game doesn't count. Because part of it, when you go back, and we talked a lot about this last year when we were because he was playing in these games. Remember, they had to redo their schedule, and it was shitty. Yeah, I mean, they they won eleven games against a bunch of nobody. What's funny is like Kalani Sataki is now Feldman's got him on the list. Will he take the Washington job? Will it, will USC offer him the job? But I, I'm talking about the quarterback though. Put up all these numbers against. Oh pretty, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, know, yeah. Gotcha. Against how many how many corners did Zach Wilson face last year that are he's going to see on Sundays? Probably not many. Probably not many. And yeah, the I mean, best we, team he played, they, they play lost, and he didn't play that well. Coastal, yeah. Um, who's still but, pretty good this year? Yeah, they they are really good this year. Oh, Coastal, yeah, Coastal solid too. Uh, Kalani Sataki was like on the hot seat two three years ago, and now he's. One of the top coaching candidates on the West. A little weird. I'm going to I'm keep it next week. I'm going to keep an eye on him because this who they play this week, like Idaho State or something. USC, no. I want to see this guy celebrate. They played Idaho State last week. They played Georgia Southern this week. So, you know, score, they, what, what was the Idaho State score? 59 to 14. 
But they should roll into the SC game a little healthy. Like, that's one part where, yeah, you play Baylor and Wazoo and Boise and Utah State and ASU and Utah and Arizona. But when you get a Idaho State, Georgia Southern back-to-back, you do get to chill a little bit, too. Well, what was the Baylor score for BYU? 38-24. In Waco? Uh, yes, in Waco. That's pretty impressive showing. I mean, Baylor's pretty good. Uh, I yeah, I mean, I, it was it was 31-14 going into the fourth quarter. But okay, a little garbage. That guy might be the next coach at USC. Aranda? Yeah, the one thing about him is he's not like a outwardly big personality guy, which is okay. I mean, I don't know who was it that uncovered the thing about um, point differential in the Big 12 tiebreaker that made him kick the field goal late against Oklahoma. Last week, which was a pretty yeah. – did you see the end of that game? Lincoln was pissed. I saw that he was mad, and I didn't know why, and then I heard someone say that point differential thing is important. Like, that's why he did it. That right? and I do agree with him. Like, it was kind of crazy. The fans had rushed the field. They made them pull 11 players out of the locker room. It's not a safe situation for a visiting team just to be on the field when fans are stampeding. So he has to bring 11 guys back on so these guys can kick the field goal. And then the fans stampede the field again. He's got 11 guys out there trying to get back to the locker room. Like, it kind of sucks. It's kind of, like, it's kind of BS. But when they didn't kneel on the ball, I then understood. He was also mad he wanted a 15-yard penalty on Baylor for the fan rush, which is legit. I don't know why they didn't give it to him. Yeah. Just, you know, when you're you're losing by, you know, the game's over, I think sometimes. I like Lincoln a lot. That's why he's going to LSU, John. He's gone. Didn't you hear? Or is he going to Miami? Or is he going to uh, LSU uh, or Texas A&M when Jimbo leaves? I can't tell. He's taking three jobs. Would you accept eight years, $96 million, if you were him, to go to LSU? Eight years. Like, Mel Tucker's is 10. His is eight. So it's just higher per year. Would Oklahoma give me the same deal in this scenario? Uh, No. Why not? Well, I don't think they have the money. They're not as rich. They're about to go to the SEC. They'll have there yet. Buy that shit on credit, John. (laughs) I know. That's what I'd say. I mean, if Oklahoma was going to pay me the same amount of money, I'd stay. Do you know you can take all the... I mean, you do know this. He can just take players with him. Like, I can just leave. He can just, like, bring, like, 10 guys. What's What's his signing class? Well, seven of my guys, including the quarterback. Yeah. Would you it's take not it? out of the realm of possibility? Would you uh, leave if you were him? I mean, knowing how much he loves it at Oklahoma, how good his situation is. He's nine and one and not in the playoffs. He's ranked thirteenth right now at nine and one, not even close to the playoffs. I, I think the thing that only he would know is like, is it possible to get the caliber of guys on defense to compete? Because I think they can get the caliber of guys on offense, but for whatever reason, they can't get the caliber of guys on defense. And is that yeah. just a forever thing, or is that just is that going to change? Uh, they clearly recruit really well with them, but they are missing three or four guys that are just are going to play at Georgia, are going to play at Alabama, are going to play at Ohio State that just tend not to play at Oklahoma. And that he's coaching to win national championships. He's already generationally wealthy. He's probably made $50 million the last six, seven years. Like It's not about the money anymore. He's going to make a ton of more money wherever the hell he goes. To me, it's just like, can I win a national championship here? And But then you also got to factor in, do I think I can? And I still really love the place. Like, it's not a black and white decision, but I bet it's a little more complicated than just people say. Once some of his football people, like, has legit conversations with maybe, hey, Bob, can I come over and I'll bring a six pack and we just, can I pick your brain? Because remember, Stoops, Stoops turned down a lot of jobs. Not a lot, but like, I mean, Ohio State, Alabama, Florida, right? I'm every, you know, for a decade tried to hire him after he, because Stoops won the national championship, I think, his second year. 
and then you just basically stay there for another a decade and a half. Now they had really good teams, but you know he kind of proved like this is, and historically it has been, but money has changed so much even in the last decade. Like, what if Oklahoma's like, hey, you know, we can give you like a sixty million dollar extension? I'm with you. I don't see how they wouldn't be able to get it together. But the SEC money and the Big Ten money is clearly on a different level right now than everyone except like Texas. Would you rather take Oklahoma into the SEC if you were Lincoln or not have to deal with like, would you take a source of pride and like I took them to the SEC and built them up there? Because you're not doing that unless your plan is like, I'm going to stay you know, another four years after we go to the three years after we go to the SEC, because I want to win in the SEC. Well, you're probably just... more locked into this than me. Remember when it first got announced, you and I both are like, they'll both be there next year. Do we feel like that? Or is it going to take a little time? No, I don't feel like that anymore. So they're going to play in the Big 12 for a couple of years, feels like, right? I mean, I, I, nothing's really changed since then. So maybe I should still feel that way. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if it's... But like, I'm just asking, is it attractive to have that like I'm the guy no, that took you, these guys because you can go you go eight and four in your first year all of a sudden, right? And how, do you know we were talking about this when we were out on Saturday? Like, do are they putting these two teams on the West? Is one of these was one of these teams like does Oklahoma get to go to the East and get to play some of those teams? Like, I I don't know if they've configured it correctly, right? Because if, if one of these two teams has to go to the West, like if it's like flip a coin, Texas, you get to play the East teams. Lincoln, you get to play the West. Bama, Auburn, Mississippi, Mississippi State, A&M, LSU. Good Say luck. what you want about Texas and Texas. They'll, they'll have players. Yeah, but they're going to lose. Like The thing is, like I assume the University of Texas is going to lose when they go to the SEC. Oklahoma is like, they should be able to compete, but like, do the, instead of going 11-1 and one every year, are they immediately just 9-3? and three? So it's like, yeah, do I just want to be the coach at nine and three? Well, how many years is nine and three going to be cool? Is that going to be a really tough transition? Like at LSU, could I win the national championship next year? Most coaches stay too long. Yeah. Most coaches don't leave in a, in a great situation at that level of program. And I think Stoops is an example. He, he would have turned this down and he would have had the opportunity, right? If this, we could just rewind it a decade or two decades. I could not fault him for leaving. I, I would actually respect him. Like, this guy's in it to fucking win it. Yeah. But Saban, God, I remember the way... Oklahoma. They've got such a good situation right now. I heard that they would just hire Heupel, who's actually done pretty good at Tennessee. Tennessee's been respectable. I know I watched they, Tennessee the other day. They're, they're wearing, like, these all-black uniforms, and I realized I haven't watched Tennessee. It's like a game. I'm not counting uh, Juwan Jennings' film two years ago. Oh, yeah. I've watched Tennessee and you like watch Tennessee in a long time. Well, the the other thing is that there's so many jobs open that power five coaches are going to leave power five jobs to go to these jobs. The domino effect when it's all said and done could be crazy, right? Like do what jobs come open because guys take USC, LSU, does Oklahoma, you know, it's like, how does this shit all work? Yeah, is Penn State coming open or is James Franklin staying? Is Florida, Virginia Tech's open? That's a pretty good job. Virginia Tech, that's right. They're they're paying a lot of money to buy out Fuente. Already forty million dollars of buyouts have been committed, not counting private schools, John. So not counting SC, not counting TCU, which is a good job. Mutual so a mutual decision is still a buyout. He was fine. Yeah, unless it's a mutual decision with cause. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, mutually. I mean, maybe I'll you get leave. a little. You pay me my thirteen million on the way. Out. Oh, I'm happy to leave for thirteen million. Sure, I, I can. We can mutually agree to leave. It's like a actually, prenup. <laughs> I'd be like, actually, my accountant said it'd be best instead of giving me the thirteen million dollar lump sum. If you could pay me in $2.7 million increments every nine months on the fiscal month of this, and let's do that. Yeah, so like, usually, does that I happen think, a lot? I think I think it is. I think a lot of those things get paid out, not in lumps. Over, yeah. Well, I mean, I who has like $17 million just to pay a coach? Like, didn't Ed get 12 or 15 just to go away? I thought it was 16. Or yeah, 16. Like You would imagine they're not just cutting him a $16 million check. I don't think so. And if you're you Ed, that's the, fine. Like, what? Do, I don't. You see the DAC thing that went viral today? No, their their rookie year, he like ha, I don't know if he's driving like a Toyota Tacoma or he just has a truck, and he's driving him home I think from OTAs, and he's driving Zeke home to wherever he's staying. Maybe they maybe they're in the same apartment complex, but I don't think they were because he dropped him off and he was leaving. He drops Zeke off and Zeke forgets something in his car and he looks down. I don't know if it's a folder or a piece of paper or whatever, and he looks and it's one thing is. His five million dollars, like one of the signing bonus checks, five million dollars, and Dax thinking to himself, like this check is worth more than my entire contract. Now he was a fourth round pick, but still, and he called him. He's like, "Bro, you left your five million dollars in my truck." <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, is there a so this is just a story that Dax told? What a great story! Yeah, I think he, I think he's told it. Yeah, no, Dax, I, I think made it up, you know, over time. But uh, that's got to be a pretty eye opening. You're like, we're on the same team, we're teammates. I remember. People forget at the time, D- Dak was like their third string guy. Yeah. He wasn't even the backup. That's why. That's why Stephon Marbury left the Timberwolves. I've I've mentioned this to you before. I'm uh, uh, when I was doing minor league baseball. I remember one of the scouts for the Cleveland Indians told me the story about like one of the clubbies going to wash uh, Manny Ramirez's car, and Manny's like the keys. The keys are in the glove box, and the guy opens the glove box, and like every one of Manny's checks is just stuffed in every game uh, uh you know two-week check is just stuffed in the glove box which at the time you know now it wasn't five million dollars this is in the 90s but still just in a ridiculous amount of uh of money didn't didn't ricky henderson frame a check that was a million dollars in I his office so. there's some story like that. was it dion or ricky it was one of those two guys did it dion there's another guy by the way john let's tell the people about rexmd.com slash ham get real and generic ed treatments delivered discreetly to you at rexmd.com slash ham. Go check it out. Yep. Over 100,000 men get generic Viagra from the comfort of their own home. We don't want to go see a doctor. It's very uncomfortable. Listen, we don't have to tell anybody. It stays discreet. It's between us, but it's not even between us because we'd never know. There's no copay. There are no doctor office visits. And your shipping is always free. Yes. I mean, listen, us guys, we got problems. And if you're looking for generic Viagra, RexMD has made the process fast, easy, and affordable. So don't wait another minute. RexMD is now offering starter packs of generic Viagra for new customers. Visit RexMD.com slash ham right now to get started. That's RexMD.com slash ham. RexMD.com slash ham. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? 
Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pretzelgate, John. Kelly Stafford goes to the Niner game. Somebody talks some shit. She throws a pretzel. Somebody DMs her and is like, that was some bullshit. I saw you throw a pretzel. And she replies and says, you're right. I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have done that. That was uh, that was very bad of me. I lost my cool. And, um, you know, I, I thought a very adult response to a very childish act. And my question is, what was said to her? Because you don't just get to go around saying whatever you want to people – just because they're in the spotlight and you're not and just assume that you get to, you know, you just get freebies all day long, say whatever you want. No one's ever going to punch you in the face. All this person got was a pretzel to the back of the head. So mustard yeah, on it. I, that's a good question. Did she, did she cover the uh, dry cleaning bill? <laughs> there is to me a pretty, it's not that high of a bar to cross where if you say some inappropriate stuff to somebody, just because they're famous, you don't just get to say whatever you want to them and not get hit with a pretzel. Now, if it was kind of tame, then then pretzel's bad. I, I've said this forever. I don't judge any parent, any wife, any child when it comes to professional athletes and things that happen in stadiums. It's very emotional. If you're just a pure fan and acting like an idiot, like you're an idiot. But when you were saying something about someone's kid, about someone's husband, like put yourself in those shoes. I'm pretty unemotional about everything. Like if you were doing things in my family, like those are people that even the most unloyal people tend to be pretty loyal to beside Aaron Rodgers. And honestly, the more and more information we found, it kind of lean on his side. But a lot of it is because they always have your back. Unlike it looks like Rogers family, what they did to him was pretty fucked up. Now thinking my parents would never do that to me. That's fucked up. I'm on Rogers side on that one. But like, I, I just, I do think though, here's my one pushback on just families. Listen, in a perfect world, you'd be able to go to away games and all these sports, and it'd just be fine. People would act mature. <laughs> but the problem is that's not the case. People at these games are drinking, and they're drinking heavily. And it is, it's a pretty consistent formula in, uh, in, our, in our lifetimes that things get said. So I, I can't really blame idiots for acting like idiots in a venue where they constantly act like idiots. It's a tough spot. I don't know what she should do. Not go to the game. She'd be like, "What am I supposed to not support my husband?" I'd be like, "No," but I don't. I wouldn't tell you that. But when you go to these games, I'm sure you've had experience over the years. It's just there's just gonna be idiots there wearing like a number nine jersey, right? Name on the back and cheering when he makes plays, which I don't blame you, but it's just I I would avoid it. (laughs) 
but then you wouldn't get the moment like the the dude at the Texas parents. You know, do you see that? The guy they that drove the twelve hours. Too? He just did I his know. Applebee's commercial. I just so. saw his apple. He got an apple. He got they paid him, John. I think it was eight hundred dollars cash, and then like eight hundred or a thousand dollars in Applebee's gift cards. <laughs> He's a freshman. Had know. never played a snap before that never play. Game-winning two-point conversion against Texas. One of the things Rinaldi told Rosillo is, you know, because Ryan was asking him, like, you know, you do a lot of tear-jerking stories. And he was like, you know, I'd push back and just be like, those are just those are stories people are drawn to. It's, he went to go visit this guy, <laughs> the kid, this week and showed him the video for the first time of his parents that went viral. The, like two million views. He, I don't think he had. Incredible. So he's just like, yeah. That'll watch. be on college game day this week. No, big noon kickoff. Ronaldo left. Oh, big noon kickoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. So that's that'll be a tearjerker. Wow. That's awesome. But I just like for those moments, which are incredible, there's just you and I have been to enough games. They're just idiots, man. And I, I think football feel- I think football too is probably just the event. It's a probably even like baseball, I wouldn't even think twice unless it was a playoff game. Basketball, not really either, unless there's animosity between the two teams. But football is just booze is getting drawn. It's a, it's like there feels like the release of all these humans, which I listen. A lot of people listening, actually, most, but are, most people go just watch the game. But there is a percentage of people that at any moment can go viral for you know doing stupid shit. Yeah, I I think you take on in some ways the persona of what you're watching. You want to be a part of the game. So on an NFL field, players do things and say things that are not acceptable in normal society, right? And you kind of sometimes some people take that on like, "Yes, I'm here to be a part of this," and that means I'm going to yell some things that maybe I wouldn't yell if I were walking into a Starbucks and I saw Kelly Stafford standing there, right? Would this person say these things to Kelly Stafford at Starbucks? I think I think the major difference is though you have no clue who she is in Starbucks or Safeway. But I'm just saying if you recognized her at Starbucks, you'd be like, "Your husband sucks." You probably would not. Probably not, but maybe. I'm sure things get said. But if she was just wearing a Stafford jersey at Safeway, and let's say you hated Matt Stafford, that'd be like, God, that guy sucks. You know, could you just you, you never underestimate. Again, it's a small percentage of people kind of looking for stuff. Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned Rinaldi. How about the story that uh, you clipped off that he told uh, Ryan Rosillo about Saban? Well, do you know that – have you seen the – or just read, and I'm sure you've seen the movies, like Martin Scorsese loves using Give Me Shelter in his movies. He used it in The Departed. He used it in Casino. He used it in Goodfellas. Like he is – I think he used it – he's used it in other movies. Like that's his go-to. That I went on YouTube, Give Me Shelter – which is just an incredible song. Uh, it's just Scorsese is a sucker for that song, and he finds a way to put it in his movies. And Rinaldi said that Saban, when he drives home after every single game, I actually think it says a lot about Nick. He's just such a creature of habit, right? Because it's not a win-loss thing. It's like that is the song he listens to when he's driving, I would guess, a $200,000 Mercedes uh, home from the game. That's pretty incredible. And then I was like, I actually watched the song, like the lyrics of the song. I mean, I've yeah. heard it a million times. I mean, it's a, it's a song based on Vietnam, you know, as a lot yeah. of songs, you know, were in that area. I remember reading the the line where the woman starts screaming in the background, like rape, murder. Yeah. That was she was like a fill in, and like nailed it somehow. I don't know if that was supposed to be. I think. Was that Stevie Nicks? I think it was maybe supposed to be Stevie Nicks, maybe is the she, story, she, or was it Stevie Nicks? she couldn't make it. 
I don't think it was Stevie Nicks. Yeah, I think it might have. I could be wrong about this. Somebody can check my research here. But I feel like I watched the Stevie Nicks documentary a while back, and that was supposed to be Stevie Nicks, but she couldn't. And so they brought somebody else in, and they weren't, or that line, or maybe it was Stevie, that line wasn't supposed to be, like, screamed like that, but they did it. And it, you know what I'm talking about, when the woman starts yelling? Yeah. Honestly, it's and like it's the best so part good. of the song. Yeah. So good. Yeah. That's a great That's a great Nick insight. This feels, Did, can you just see him just driving, fucking blasting it? Jared on the stream says it was a random lady. Yeah, he just blasting, right? With like his 5.1 Dolby Atmos sound system. What do you think the best song of all time is? Do you think it's even possible? Or is it I don't like th- a, I don't think it's possible. I don't think it's possible. Like really it. impossible for me because I've thought about it and it's impossible. That said, I think um, Sympathy for the Devil might be the greatest song of all time. Yeah. Also, the Stones. Well, I mean, you listen to "Give Me Shelter." You're like, if you just heard this, you're just like, that is what music is. Someone for that you never heard music, you just heard that. You're like, it just it is a powerful. There are just certain people that are. That's a great call. You hear that song, you go, "This could be the greatest song of all time." I understand what you're saying. There's just a short list of just artists. If you just hear them, and you had never heard music, it is just it's a powerful feeling. And just I like watching a song on YouTube and then looking at the YouTube comments. Whenever it's a famous song, it's always really positive. Slash, like, they would never make music like this anymore. So it's positive on the era of music. But one of the comments was, like, Vietnam's the only war with its own soundtrack. It is kind of crazy. Mm. Like, you know, think of all the crazy shit that's happened, like, in our adult life. There, That doesn't really happen anymore. Or maybe it's just different times. Maybe it does. I just don't listen to it. But it doesn't feel as big as, like, Creedence Clearwater. I mean, all these CCR and famous yeah. bands building songs around a war. <laughs> it's yeah. just different times. Yeah. More passion, less money, you know, just more doing it for the right reasons. Less trying to get the bag. If I hear that fucking statement one more time, I'm going to puke. Get the bag, just securing his bag. Shut up. I, I, I can't, I can't stand that. Well, there are word. things that, you know what? I read a story the other day that turns out the crying emoji is like, Old news. Like if you use the crying emoji, it is like I the youth. The, the youth. I know the youth of America. It was an article about like people in their workplace, and it, they were describing like if they work with people in their um, early twenties, that like they have told them like, yeah, man, the crying emoji. No one. That's not cool anymore. <laughs> it's not supposed to be cool. It's like something happens. You do. Well, I understand, but it's just like a stupid. Like it's there's a generation of people now that look, view the crying emoji as an old people thing. What what would they do if something sad happened? You know, I I I don't. Not the you know like the laughy cry emoji, that thing. You know that emoji. That's the one I'm talking about. Oh, like to oh to laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What's the one with the water streaming down the eyes? Is that crying laughing too or is that, that tears? I I I don't use any of them to convey sadness. I, there's like one real sadness. sad face. Yeah. Yeah, but never like, you know, Somebody died. Sad face emoji. You well, there. I, I'm not trying to be too morbid here or anything because I do actually think, in a weird way, this is a positive story. It's it's honestly, I mean, in a, it, it's I don't know if inspiring is the right word, but it makes you like look inside. There was a plane crash last week. And I remember watching the news. I think it was in the Northeast, and everyone on the plane died. It was like a real estate agent. I think it was taking like two rich people. Um, that's what my guess, because when I heard it was a real estate agent, a couple, their daughter, and then the pilots to a private jet, and it crashed. But the, the daughter, who was 11, survived. Mm. And then I saw it today on Instagram, because it was like pretty crazy. They all die, and she survives. The dad bear hugged her. 
and somehow saved her. And somehow from saved impact. Her. That's what oh. she's told, like the everyone like laying oh. in the hospital bed. God. I mean, you just think about like. I mean, you just there are human instincts and everything, and then they're like, "Do I? Would I? One hundred percent? You just start like that is incredible. Like what a what a human being. Oh, I had a lot of questions that I can't even. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure she'll. You know, who knows? But it's just, not to kill the moment. As you're talking, I'm in to take us. I'm in the process of going to every Gimme Shelter on YouTube under the Haberman and Middlecoff YouTube account and just writing Nick Saban sent us. Well, here's a live one Nick Saban sent us. One one question I would have: Do you think he just downloads it on Apple Music and connects it to his phone, versus like downloaded someone from the dealership puts it on his car so he can just press a button? It can't be that complicated. You don't think it's like Apple CarPlay? Just gets yeah, in the know. car, hits play on the phone, Bluetooth automatically gone. You know, yeah, I, that's what just, I'm thinking of. This he just does give me shelter from his phone. Yeah. yeah, or or I'm sure they have the ability to just say it out loud in his you know 2022. That's right, Mercedes. Play yeah. "Give Me Shelter" on repeat. If you really love something, and any sports talk radio listener back in the day would know, if you want to keep listening, you you don't get to the driveway right away. You take a couple loops. You know, you just you do whatever to keep listening to whatever you're listening to. Mm-hmm. You know, I pro- I would imagine he listens to the song. Does he listen? Like, how long is the drive? Does it get two or three or four? Yeah, I mean, let's just say the drive's 15 minutes. It's a four-and-a-half-minute song, right? So I, I would guess he keeps it on repeat. I don't know what I, music I, I would have guessed Saban listened to, but uh, Stones makes sense. Uh, it's probably spoken to the Stones, like pre-concert one time. They bring Saban in to speak. All right. Now, look, I know you're 85, but you're going to bring it tonight. All right. Can you, can you see him in the corner? Like, eating his baby hey. cakes? You, you, what did you think of my barber's offer to a four-year, $2,000 contract, by the way? Well, yeah, let's... Did he want the money up front? Yeah, he, he, there would be a, a contract, like literally a contract that protects me if he goes out of business, even though if he goes out of business, he has to have the cash to give me my money back. So so he'd want the $2,000? He'd want the two k. It's like a Series A funding, basically, for his business, I think. Did you ask him why wouldn't you just me to come as much as I want and get pay for haircuts? What What, what was his pitch? I uh, I I haven't talked to him about it. He just sent me like, "Hey, I do this every few years. I'll offer a few clients this if you because I've been going like every two weeks, and it's uh, forty five it bucks you? for a cut, forty five dollars, ten dollar tip, so it's fifty five, and uh, prices are going up. Supply chain scissors are hard to get, I guess, to fifty three um, per cut, right? So, Fair. so, um, so seventy three you know, times two, uh. So that's 146 a month times 12. So you're looking at 1750 a month. I, w- I went, you said 63. That's your haircut. Uh, that's what it would be right now. It's 55 with a tip. So it's yeah, 45. So I, I, I went 63. I added a $10 tip to 73 twice a yeah. month, 12 months. And you're talking 1700 a year, a year. Right. Which if I go every other week for four years, it's $20 a month. Um, it's a four, it's a four year contract. It's a four-year, $2,000 contract, yeah. I, I mean, it, well, your lettuce is important, one. You legitimately it pays for itself in a weeks. year and a half. That's the thing, right? Well, no. I mean, it pays for itself in less than that because, like I said, if you give tip— You said it'd be 17 but for a year. Yeah, 17 for a year. So how you know you only need yeah, okay, another so, month. Um, uh, yeah. The, the, the problem are you is— com- Are you confident that he won't go under? 
Uh, well, I, who knows? Four years is a long time. I think he's a really sharp guy, and he's on top of it. And he's got. But a if good you just get, going. but you don't need to get to four years. If you exactly. just got to two, you'd be in great shape. That's exactly right. The problem is he he's uh you know four years is a long time. Do I time value keep, money? You could you know every seventy three you still got. It's you know, six dollars for me to cross. He's in the city. Yeah. So I get six dollars to cross the bridge. Some days it's thirty minutes each way. That's an hour. You know, that's my issue is I don't know if I'm going to want to do that for four years. That, that It is a great deal. I think he's doing me a solid. If he lived in your neighborhood, it'd be a no-brainer. No-brainer. When he used to. It used to be two blocks for me to go to the guy. Awesome guy. But shout out to Lance. I, I would do a counter offer. <laughs> Could you do like a thousand? It'd be like, I'll do a thousand right now for a year and a half. Without hesitation, I'll cut you the thousand dollar check. Why don't you negotiate? Not a bad thought. Because I mean, two, he's cutting you a deal. So, hey, I'll give you a thousand. I'll sign the deal right now. Two years. Or hell, I mean, a year and a half. Because boom, now you're already saving money. I mean, if I'm him, I'd rather do a thousand for two years than four years for two thousand. Because a thousand, yeah, Watch. by a thousand, even by a couple haircuts, you're already at, you know, two, you know, a month, you're in 150 bucks. So it's like. The thing is, I would love to go, like, if I live close, I'd be like, yeah, okay, I'll do unlimited. Because it's not like every two, it's just unlimited haircuts. So I could come every week if I wanted, but, you know, that's. That's another ten dollar per week, right? So you got to double the tip money over the course of a year if you're going fifty two times. That's ten dollars fifty two times. It's five hundred twenty bucks. You tip, are right. right. So six times twelve. So every time you, every time you go over to the bridge, you know, could be twelve bucks. You know, plus your time's the most valuable thing we all have. You know, so it is kind of time consuming. It's hard to find a parking spot where he is sometimes. Depends. Sometimes he's by the highway. That's easy. Sometimes he's over on Polk Street. That's another 10 minutes into the city, and that's hard to park. And you got to pay there, maybe, potentially. Oh, he's got multiple uh, venues? He's uh, he's in a sprinter van. He drives a van. That's well, what it is. Here, okay, guy. Now, now, okay. You want him to come to me? Sparked his business mind. What if you said up the dollar amount and you say come to me? Everyone's got. I've talked to him about it. It's just it's so out of his way that it's. Where where does he lay his head at night? Lays his head, yeah, in like Concord, but he leaves the van in San Francisco. He parks. He's got a. He 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 exchanges haircuts for for a garage spot at a parking garage. He's got a hell of an operation. Got so he does not do any haircuts outside of the city. Mm -mm. He does his haircuts in that van. That's right. And the van stays there. Because I was going to say I would pay in your spot. I'd be willing to go like three grand. You come to me. But see, I don't think that's worth it to him, right? The well, amount no, of money I, that you have to pay a barber to come to you is not, I'm not paying that much money for a haircut. Well, because his gas expense is nothing, right? He's not and and his time. Now we're talking about his time. Well, and his guy, time, he's putting a dollar amount on every 30 minutes. That's a haircut he could be given. Do a deal, guy. Just I, I, w I would negotiate with him. Would you do three grand if he'd come to you? For two years, three grand if he come to you? I guess I'm still saving money in that. And yes, but he's not doing that. I'm telling you, I've talked to him about being that mobile. It's not an option for him. So I'll cut you a three grand check tomorrow. You come to me whenever I need it. But it's not worth it to him. Well, maybe he'll, well, about 35. You'd be like, three year deal, done. Does he want $3,500? I don't, I don't think he wants it that. He's, he is doing, it takes two weeks to get an appointment. I mean, he is, he is oh, pushing product. Yeah. Would you do five grand for three years if he'd come to you? What did we determine? It's seventeen hundred a year for me. Yeah. So I probably break even. Yeah, right around there. But he'd come to you. To yeah, pull I mean, in your driveway. I might, <laughs> How I incredible might do that. would that be? <laughs> 
I'm telling you, back when I had hair and the guy would show up at the Eagles facility and I just walked down. That's so. So it was was it free to you or did you pay him? Or the Eagles covered it and you just tipped him? I don't. I think you had to give him twenty bucks. It wasn't expensive. Yeah, might have been fifteen. It was. It was low. Yeah, I mean, if you can get seventeen fifty, yeah, I mean, I, five grand to come to you. That's, I just don't think that's on the table for him. But I'll talk to him. He's a reasonable guy. I think it might pencil for you with your time, five grand for a two year deal. Now you're right. Like unlimited is different. Like well, it's unlimited if I can make it to you. Right? It's unlimited as long as you need to get a haircut. But unlimited need to come to you. It's a fascinating business that I know nothing about. Right? I, I just I lose touch. Like today, like whenever I have to do something, a lot of people don't have this luxury. I can take a shower as a guy without hair five minutes before I have to do something. Boom, I'm already dry. Right? My hair is never obviously. You know, you only wear a hat because you want to, not because you have to. Yeah, just because I hadn't shaved the sides in a couple of days, so I don't. I didn't really want to shave. But obviously, girls have a tougher problem. But even like, if you take a shower, is your hair wet if you don't like really try to dry it for a little bit? Mine. Yeah. Yeah. Soaked. Do you wash your hair every time you take a shower? Yeah. I can't relate. Oh, it's you're saving a lot of money. All right. Anything else? That's all I got. All right, y'all. Thanks for hanging with us. Adios. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.